The following views expressed are those of the speakers and do not represent the views of DOD or its components. Pay attention because you are now listening to Permission to Speak Freely. 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 Hey, hey, hey. What's going on, man? Another week of permission to speak freely. I'm Damo. And I'm Damon. Hey, uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed that Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, man. We, I really enjoyed Thanksgiving, man. Um, of course, you was over. So, you yeah, know, yeah. We, and, and like always, man, we always have a good time. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. Yeah, I had a good time. Some fireside chats, stuff like that. Both the, both the wife over. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. Um, always having a good time, man. Um, but yeah, man, I got a, I got a lot of stuff to be thankful for, man. So that was pretty cool, man. Um, what are you thankful for, man? I'm thankful for man, family and friends, man. But the most, the the most, the biggest thing I'm uh, thankful for, man, is good health, man. Like people out here, man. Like you know, with everything going on in the world right now, man. A lot of a lot of people um, either getting hurt, um, catching COVID, or dying in these streets, man. So you never know now, man. You really got to be thinking about what you want to do and how you want to do it now, man, because your days are numbered now, man. It seems like, man, yeah. you, you don't, it's not a, it's not a, one of those things now, man, that you know uh, what's going on. So you got to get your stuff together, man, get your life in order. Can yeah. I get like five reasons from you that you're thankful that has to strictly do with the Navy? Five things I'm thankful for? Um, Man, you put me on the spot with that one. Yeah. Five things that I'm thankful for. Uh, however many you got, it don't got to be five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the, um, Navy, the Navy didn't give you five things to be thankful for, twenty two years. Oh yeah, I mean they they it gave me a whole lot, man. Um, for one, um, I'm I'm kind of thankful that I now know how to navigate myself, man, in the Navy, man. Uh -huh. So I feel pretty good about that. I'm thankful for um all the the benefits I got from TA and 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 and, and things like that. Um. Mm -hmm. Never, you know, got my degree, uh, which is which is pretty cool. I'm also thankful for, you know, don't have to worry about, you know, things that some people may have to worry about from like from a money standpoint. I'm I'm not like from you know paycheck to paycheck type stuff. So I'm kind of I'm thankful for that. Um, I'm thankful for um, being in San Diego, man. Like I could have mm -hmm. been anywhere. I could have been um, back in Hawaii. I could have been overseas. I could have been still on the ship. I think everything uh, worked out for me, man, on, on how I got it, everything planned out. Um, now I'm more thankful I'm moving. I know um, I probably got another six, seven years maybe left in the Navy. So now I already, I'm already ahead of the game to start planning on my future. So I'm thankful that I, I got the capability and I got the the, the know-how and, and people who didn't put me in the position to start thinking about, you know, my future instead of, being bogged down and thinking about what I'm going to do next. Now I can think about the future a little bit. So, yeah, yeah man. So um, the Navy been good to me, man. I'm always thankful for that. Yeah. yeah. For me, I guess it's, again, being able to go on deployments and stuff like that and see the world. Uh, this, yeah. this, this is the only way at that age that I was, 18, 19, 20, this is the only way I would have been able to do that, you know, unless it was a music thing or something else. But, what was working out for me at the time was the naval career. So being able to see the world, that was a big one for me. Yeah. Being able to uh, meet new people and make friends from all over the world is another is another big, you know, one that came from the Navy. Good and bad, right? 
No, I mean, good. Mainly good. <laughs> Mainly good friends, you know. It might have been some dumb stuff, you know, in the past with, you know, women and just being young, you know, yeah, yeah. In, in the career. But outside of that, just, man, having, like, really good, long-standing relationships. So that's uh, number two. Number three is just the Navy. It provided a way for me to be able to still, like, let out some of the things that talents that I had as a civilian. I've never been anywhere in the Navy and not able to do the things that I would normally do, you know? So, you know, we do some film stuff. We do a lot of film stuff, even on a ship. Yeah. Uh, and still being able to do that, still being able to be in practice of film. Uh, we started up the Lava Dog Expressions, the poetry group on our last deployment. Yeah. So still being able to be in the space, a creative space where I'm doing poetry or I got other people doing poetry. And that's been the same at every command. I had a poetry uh, club. At my first command, yeah, uh, I always did something that had to do with art. You know, we designed the posters for the gym at this last command. We put that together. So being able to still let like and I, and I want everybody to know that, like, don't let your talents diminish just because uh, you're on the Navy. And, I, and, I, I, and at some point, I want us to be able to showcase some of the people that does have because there's some talented people. Oh, yeah. That's definitely. still in practice. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, friends, places. um still being able to be myself be creative another big thing is just the opportunity all of the opportunities that the military give you all the benefits uh that come with being married like my wife got like health benefits you know yep. what i'm saying and yep. i mean i'm sure she will have them with like her jobs as well but she has them in through the navy uh the benefits that i have you know it's like man going to the dentist is is free, free you know man. what i'm saying like and i i don't, I don't know the pain of <laughs> I don't know the pain of going to the dentist and I'm paying for it. You know, yeah. some people like it's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah. Like some yeah. people got like rotten teeth, you know, in their mouth because they don't want to, you know, pay that money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So th those benefits and then just the, the the career, being able to move around like San Diego for five years has been, you know, a great time for me. Now I'm ready to go back to the East Coast and be back around my family. Yeah. You know, and just being able to have that choice. Like some people get locked into a job where a job that you could retire from and it's in like one place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the Navy, I know it's uh, a lot of people that might have issues with certain places that they go or be stationed. But the perks is like you're not stationed there forever unless you like an MU and you at the academy, you playing music at yeah. the academy forever. Yeah. So they the five things, you know, the five things that I'm thankful for strictly got to do with the Navy. Yeah. Hey, so um, you guys may not know, man, like uh, most of you guys do know because you guys know Dumbo, but man, he's a very, very talented guy, man, when it comes to film, it comes to music, man. So uh, I do know he do got some stuff out there. So if you um, hit him up, I'm sure he can, you know, um, link you up to some of the stuff he already done, man. But he is a very talented guy when it comes to that film stuff and comes to that music stuff. So big shots out to that stuff, man. Yeah. Hey, so right behind me is a, is a Christmas tree, huh, man? Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> Kids, family, you know, we was on that Christmas tree last night, man, putting it up. You know, Thanksgiving over, man. Yeah, so right right after oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, man. And then, you know, like, when we was younger, man, like, it wouldn't have been like this, man. Like, like we'll probably wait a little while, put the Christmas tree up and stuff. Yeah. But when you got kids and stuff, man, it's like one of the things they look forward to. So we right on it, man. Like, they was all putting stuff on the tree. I'm, my wife took... 90,000 pictures of it, you know, everybody doing whatever last night. So, uh, it's one of the big things everybody look forward to doing, man. So, and then we, even this year, we got, you see, we got two Christmas trees, man. Yeah. You know, so. So, how'd you, when did y'all do it at your house? 
growing up? Oh man, it was it was a little bit later. I, I can't you know remember exactly when, but it was between Thanksgiving and and, and Thanksgiving one of the that's where I kind of like our little start at. We mm-hmm. know it's coming soon. When you know when Thanksgiving over soon after that, but it wasn't like a day after Thanksgiving. You know we kind of like waited. You know, had dust on it in the closet, you know, yeah. for a while. So we we finally break it up with my mom or whoever had time. We finally broke it out. But it wasn't no, like, emergency thing. Like, like well, it's not an emergency thing now, but it wasn't one of those things that we're thinking about right after Thanksgiving. Yeah, like when I was when I grew up in Mississippi. Yeah, when so I was back in Mississippi. Go. You know what I mean? It wasn't one of those things. But uh, I do think it's a good thing, though, man, because that's one of those times. Like, like now, our kids are getting a little bit older. They got their own minds. They're doing their own thing now. But we can all get together and... And, and and do something together, which is one of those things that's pretty cool. So, uh, like, what's your approach to putting a Christmas tree up? Oh, I don't have too much of an approach to it, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just, uh, I'm up on the top of the tree putting stuff on there and get those pictures taken, you know what I mean? Are you, are you leading a, are you leading a pack? Cause, <laughs> no, I mean, my I wife know. lead the pack. My wife lead the oh, pack. Oh, yeah, though, yeah, Because I, I, I know you like leading the pack. I, I ain't leading the pack on the Christmas tree. My wife leading the pack on the Christmas tree. It's hard tree, to man. see you not leading the pack. Yeah. Oh, man. So you play, so you kind of play the pack. But it's strategic. You play, you let your wife. Yeah, like kind of take charge in this yeah. Christmas tree thing. It's true. Yeah, man. I just when she when she need me to come through to the, to you know hook something uh-huh. up, plug something in, yeah. or put the lights on the outside of the house. That's why I come into play at man. Oh, so you do you do the lights on the outside of the house? Yeah, I haven't did them yet though. Put the tree up and stuff last night, but I know this weekend is probably coming. You got to go ahead. Yeah, I'm about to go get them. I mean, the me. beauty of living in Cali is it's it's like warm outside where you put the lights out. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like. Yeah. You cold. know, near death temperatures. Yeah. You, yeah. Like on the East Coast. I've been feeling it's probably Coast, cold yeah. right now, man. You might yeah, slip man. off the roof or something like that. Man. Yeah, man. It ain't that bad out here, man. It's pretty good. Man. Yeah, but, we, but, we used to put our tree up Christmas Eve, man. That was the, the yeah, that was the tradition. Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. My mom. Is that, uh, I mean, what is anything to that or that just what it was? One, that was the family thing. My mom, we had this small uh, artificial tree the yeah. small fake tree we break it out the box every christmas eve and we put the tree up on christmas eve wow so no gifts would we i guess the whole time uh, from thanksgiving till i guess christmas man we was always like adding gifts so add gifts to under the tree my and, mom would hide the gifts i think she hid them like yeah. in the closet and I, I remember like going in her room trying to check you know looking yeah. for the gifts and stuff like that yeah Every now and then, I, I would you know see them. I, I find them, and you know, and oh man, we got this or we got that. But but most of the time, the gifts that we do put on the tree is kind of like the little little knickknack gifts, like maybe clothes, maybe something like that. Now the big gifts that they think they're gonna get that never comes out. Yeah, until like you know till, nighttime. Till so Santa, Santa yeah. go bring them things. You know what I'm saying on Christmas Eve. You man. got you getting a PS5 this year for anybody? Well, the truth about a PS5, I probably would have got it, uh-huh. but I didn't have to, man. Like um. Mark was working, man, and he he pretty much just waiting right now. He's gonna buy his own PS Five. Oh man, the beauty, yeah, man, he's gonna buy his own PS Five. But I'm I'm actually on my my youngest wants the um the Xbox, man, the new the whatever it is. He wants that. I'm probably gonna buy that. Okay. But uh, PS Five, yeah, he just waiting, man. He got his money on standby. He just every time he tried to like last night, sit, it was like what nine o'clock Eastern. He was on there to try to get it, man. And time he clicked on it and got through, it said sold out. Yeah. I mean, he can't he can't win, man. He's still trying though, but okay. I may have to help out soon though. But so far, man, yeah. Hey, man, that's a good looking ball cap you got on. Man. Yeah, man. I you know I got that merch on today, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Permission to be free. You guys see it, man. You guys know what's the, if you ain't got yours already. What's what's good, man? Get yeah, your man. merch, man. Get your hat, man. He even put a sale on that thing, man. Oh, Black Friday sale. Yeah, yeah. man. 
Yeah, we 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 running out of hats though. We we running real low, so people got to get them soon. Yeah, we'll be out of hats like very soon. Get them while they hot, man. Yeah, so that's uh, ptsfmerch.bigcartel.com for all our merch. Uh, the hats just happened to be the first merch drop that we did, but we'll, we'll have more merch on ptsfmerch.com. Yeah, most definitely. So ptsfmerch.bigcartel.com. And then Damon, man, tell them where else they can find us at. Yeah, man, you can find it everywhere, man. You can, you can find it. You can go to Facebook. Right, you can look us up on there and find out how you can order it. You can look it up on on iCloud. We got the videos on YouTube. Um, we have I already said SoundCloud, right? So you also, said iCloud, but SoundCloud. I mean iCloud, Sound, iCloud, SoundCloud. iCloud. You know, so man, it's a lot of different different places you can find that man. Just Instagram, sure. Instagram, Twitter, um, Twitter. But hey, you know what? While we we talking about all this, where we got it, you know, listed at. I just want to also throw out the fact that. Um, Somebody from Mississippi stepped up, man. Mm, Mississippi, stand up. You know, Mississippi, stand up. <laughs> so yeah, man. So um, we we got the new numbers in, man, and and it finally showed that Mississippi. It was only one there, though, just one. But hey, somebody from Mississippi stepped up, man. So, well, uh, so it should be two now because my my auntie hit me up, man, and she told me, hey, she looked at it and she very proud of me and things like that. So I know she have took a look at it. So. Man, I guess I may have two. Yeah. Two ain't enough, Mississippi. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's get it, man. Yeah, shout out to Mississippi, Philly, Virginia, Cali, Japan, yeah, Guam, man. all over. All uh like it's man, I mean, listeners, it's 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 amazing to me, man. It's, yeah, man. Um, we get on here, we just kind of talk how we feel. You know, it's yeah. never really anything like practiced or anything like that. We just kind of talk how we feel. And it's good to have support in, in that in that realm and have people actually listen to us from all over the place. Yeah, man. Keep showing us love, guys. Keep showing us love, man. Big shots out. And that's a PTSF podcast everywhere. That's a, a, for the social media, PTSF podcast. Any, anywhere you look for us, that's, that's exactly where you need to go. Uh, YouTube as well. Videos on YouTube. Yep. Uh, doing pretty good. Um, and that's all we really want. Like, what do you want out of this podcast, though? Is it is it is it about like numbers or uh, viewership to you or what's the biggest purpose for this thing from you no um it's not really about numbers i want the numbers to be high but i want them not to be high because i'm be getting something out of it i want it to be high because i'm hoping i'm getting sailors and and people of all walks of life getting something out of it though not not necessarily for me um i feel like like doing this job for a long time we can actually i can actually give back so i'm, I'm kind of more in the give back thing and Hopefully people now will reach out to me and, and ask me questions and ask me stuff and I can help like and put them in the right positions or help them out in any way I can. So that's kind of what I'm doing it for. I'm not really doing it for for like any kind of like money or anything like that. I'm kind of doing it to help sailors out. Yeah. Or not necessarily sailors like anybody. Else. I mean, you don't have to be in the military either, though. If someone hears and they and they something that relates to whatever something they doing right now mm-hmm. and they want to reach out, reach out, man. You know, so. That's kind of what I'm doing it for. How about you? My goal is to raise more questions than I answer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I want us I want us to like just be able to talk and like how we how we normally do. But then at the end of the day, I want us to raise more questions than we than we can answer. So I want people to be able to listen to the podcast. I watch the podcast and be like, oh man, like I was thinking that. I was thinking that shit too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and then go out and let's seek answers. Let's get people that 
you know, knows what knows what they talking about to come respond to some of the questions that we raised. None of this stuff is like stuff that we're 100 percent sure of. Like some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, it's all like just questions that we want to raise and we want answers for. Yep. You know, so before you get upset about some of the stuff we talk about, just know we don't know the answers and we looking for the subject matter experts to tell us the answers too. Because some of this stuff can be upsetting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We've we've had people listen and, you know, be upset. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all any emotion is a good emotion. Any any kind of way any kind of rise we get out of you is good, you know, whether you're upset about something or whether or not. But just remember everything that we do is kind of like to raise a question, you know, and if you have an answer, then we're, I mean, I'm all ears. Yeah, most definitely. You know, uh, this whole podcast thing also, man, like, like the reason why we doing it like this and how we do it um, is we, we trying to get away from that PowerPoint stuff, you know what I mean? Training and power. So we more about conversations now. Like, I mean, I know when we was on the ship together, that's something we was talking about all the time. Instead of like, putting a PowerPoint up here. Let's just sit down and dialogue. Let's sit down and talk. Let's sit down and have conversations. Yeah. And you'll be surprised how much more you can get out. Yeah, I learned opening. a lot. When we sat down with yeah. like a bunch of junior sellers and we just talked, what were we talk about? Uh, we just talk about like what motivates us or whatever. Yep, motivation, man. And and when we did that, like I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a whole lot. Yeah. You'll be surprised too, man, when – when you, especially when sailors get comfortable, when you lift, you're looking at a PowerPoint, I man, you kind of lose them on the first couple power, you know, couple slides. You kind of lose them, and they somewhere in La La Land. But when you got their attention, you looking in their face, and you talking to them, I think it's, it's different, man. And they engaged, you know, when they engage in the conversation, engage in talking, man, it's it's pretty cool to, to to sit back and listen at them go for a few minutes and talk about. It. Yeah, man, I think the hardest part about dealing with PowerPoints, and we talked about PowerPoints in another podcast, but I think the yeah. hardest part about dealing with PowerPoints. Is that the person that's presenting the PowerPoint don't ever look like they want to be there either. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So True. like the people that's listening don't want to be there. That the person that's presenting it don't want to be there. I mean, have you ever given a PowerPoint that you didn't want to give? Yeah, most all the time. <laughs> I, I actually um speaking of, of PowerPoints, I just had to, to do some training. Mm -hmm. Right. So you guys already heard last week we talked about the season, you know, still yeah. kicked off. So uh, we got certain training that has to happen during this season. It's, it has to happen for the chief selects. Um, so I had to do some training. I had to do uh, one of the trains I had to do was like leading the division. Right. So it was by PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Right. So, of course, me, I'm not the PowerPoint. I don't, you know, PowerPoint guy. So I got up there and we talked a little bit what was on the PowerPoint. Then we had conversation, you know, about what was going on. Um, and about leading the vision, how will they lead it and what they think about it and, and how they motivate uh, sailors to come back the next day and put the same effort in um, day in and day out. So that's the type of stuff um, that we were talking about in the PowerPoint. And then we talked about um, things, tools they can use, you know, uh, when it comes to um, getting stuff done and, and, and for sailors to be able to reach out, you know, um, to people um, to help them out if they need help or whatever it whatever the case may be. So it was good training, man. I, I learned a lot. Um, but it was one of those things I know me and you had a conversation about before in the past that came up and it was like right on, right on cue during my training. And when one of the, one of the chief selects uh, was talking about um, how they used to do when they was the LPO mm -hmm. on how the chief didn't have to tell them nothing. They, they, this my division. They took ownership of the division and, and we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it that way. So, and um, the question was, 
Um, if they get a sailor that doesn't do that, you know what I mean? The first thing I, I came up and I said, you, that's they everybody's not you. Yeah. You know, you, they, they may learn differently. They might lead differently. It's a lot of stuff. Uh, you got to take accountability. So how are you going to train them? That's, that was the question. You know, don't, don't, don't think everybody is you. And you can be very disappointed. You think people are going to do the same thing you did when you was in that position um, because it's not the same. So, yeah, that's uh, some expectations, man. Though, yeah. You know, and as soon as you put expectations on somebody that's you haven't even evaluated, you yep. know, that person, you you kind of doom yourself. Yep. From the beginning, man. So, yeah. I got a random question I asked you, man. Uh oh, random. Yeah, really random. Do you think do you think human trafficking is a problem in the Navy? I'm going to say no, man. I, I don't. I, I tell you what, I'm not going to say that it's an issue or not an issue. Cause I, I'm going to tell you, I'm not educated on it. All right. So let's say, let's say that, let's say the military, the Navy had a chance to like take a stand against human trafficking, right? We would agree that the Navy would take a stand against human trafficking, right? Yes. Okay. Now let's talk about like hitting like a port, right? And I mean, right now COVID's like weird. But back on them, them, them deployment days, like hitting the port and they got like red light districts and places like that. Uh, and people go there. Yeah. Right. Military members. Yeah. yeah. A right. lot of them. Everybody. Yeah. But but you know what, though? Um, speaking back, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about like back in the day stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when, when when stuff like that was really like happening and like right now is not so much uh happening i don't think now that it used to back you in the day. You talk about hitting ports? Like hitting ports. Okay. Like hitting ports and stuff. So. Like they had a red light districts and have all this stuff going on, um, prostitution, all type of stuff is going on. But I think when it comes to to human trafficking and all that stuff, I think a lot of times when militaries, sailors, or whoever going to these places, I don't think it's a mindset. I don't think they're even thinking about that side of it. I know when I was when I was young, I was ignorant to that. Like you know, anything anything we ever did or any place yeah. we ever went, like hey, that red light district over there. I was ignorant to that maybe being like human trafficking. Yeah. But but I, that's what I'm saying. And I think it came with education back then too. Like people may have said something, but we was too young. We ain't nobody care about none of that stuff. Like really like. They care. probably banned. They probably banned. Would they ban the area? Yeah. You, ever, they do. you no. ever went to a banned area? No. Okay. I never went to a banned area. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just didn't didn't do stuff like that. When they, they say it was banned, we do we looked at the list. That was one thing the guys I went out with and we hung out. Uh -huh. When that list came out, we was most definitely on top of it, like looking at it, like okay, we can't go here, 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 here. Um, and then if we made a mistake in in, in that area, or whatever, like somebody in our little group would be saying it, like, oh, all right, man, we, yeah, we, we shouldn't be that, over yeah. here, man. I always, I always thought like, yeah, like it could really go down in this area. Like I never. Yeah. Some people used to be like, yeah, they banned it. You know, people. This is what people used to say. Yeah, the Chiefs banned it, so they could go. You know, so they could. Yeah. Go. You ever heard that? No. Yeah. 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 Of course. <laughs> it's that people course. always get the Chiefs wrong, man. Yeah, man. Always. <laughs> As a man. Chief, I feel like I gotta represent a little bit for us, man. Like your well, bad area is just so we could go. We ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> I remember. I remember going to some. You know, some places like you go to like a strip club. I, I mean, we used to see the mess in them. In, in yeah. them. <laughs> And yeah. at the club we was at you know we yeah. you, I, me i always stayed away from you know yeah. the me mess. too me too same way and they, and they most definitely uh they stayed away from us too though it's like we, if we come up in a spot they gonna leave or we leaving it's like we never like hung out like that it was never one of those things it's funny because i should have took that knowledge 
uh, into being a chief. I remember my first port I hit as a chief in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I stay away from the junior sailors. <laughs> I like hung out with them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I saw them. I wanted to interact and let them know like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a real person here and all of that. Yeah. I, I made a mistake. I should have done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I stay away from him, man. That shit I came back down. to bite me in the ass, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially if something go down. If something go down and you was there, oh, oh man. The Chief Chiefs, was there. The Chiefs was, yeah, all the, all the Chiefs was in there. Yeah, they was, who? Then they still asking, who was in there? Then your name go. Next day, I'm like, hey, you know, what Like, what stories came out, man? Anybody? <laughs> I might have passed out in the club. Oh, I think, man. Yeah, I think I passed out. You know, oh. I'm, now I'm looking like an old timer. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, that look at like an old timer in the club. I probably mm, passed out mm, right by the mm. DJ, man. Oh man. So that that's but look, man, that was an easy, quick lesson. That's something I'll never yeah. I will never do that again. And it ain't again, it ain't it don't got nothing to do with the junior sellers. It got more to do with like how I felt after. Like I feel like, man, like yeah. is my reputation tainted? You know what I'm saying? Like did I did I kinda did I mess myself up? Passing out, it's a normal thing. Like people do it, and it wasn't just because of the passing out. But I'm just talking about a yeah, passing normal, out. A normal thing, like, like people pass out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I mean, it's normal that people have too much to drink. Are they not ready for the drinks that they drink in a situation? They might drink the wrong drink and they pass out. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, where, you, where, you never passed out. Let yes, me guess. Let me yes, guess. You yes, never passed out. I, I have passed. All right, out. So you passed out. Right? Yeah. Okay. But hold on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let me let me get. Yeah, I gotta gotta clarify this though. I ain't did a whole lot of pass out in the club though. Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah, I got it passed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the club is. <laughs> I didn't pass out, but I ain't passed out at the club. Yeah, though, the club man. is and a really bad place. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Pass yeah. out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get kicked out. You gotta get in the cab. You get in the yeah. cab. You get out the cab ten miles before where you supposed to oh, go. Man. Then you drunk, trying to figure out where you like what gateway in you at, whatever yeah. like that. And I'm definitely not speaking from personal experience. <laughs> All right, yeah. so yeah, yeah. So as as normal as passing out. Can be, <laughs> you get to this point where, like, the next day you worried about what people saw, or what yeah. people thought, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I black out, that I pass out. What happened? Would you see? You yeah. know, and we all forget that, like, everybody, you know, passes out. <laughs> Some, I mean, not everybody, but yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of people do pass out. But I think, like, it's always embarrassing. Man. It's always That's embarrassing. Most definitely embarrassing. Man. So you have you ever passed out in the Navy? Period. Yeah, like, but I meant like at my house. Or something though, not like in no no club, no random spots like that, no. But never in front of somebody at your command. Mm, I don't think so, man. Like unless they at my house too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. Like a fight party or something. What you mean a fight party? Like 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 where'd you where'd you like where was it at? Oh yeah yeah yeah. You talking like a fight or something was going on? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Super Bowl yeah. fight. Super Bowl party. fight. Yeah. 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 What what kind of fight party you thought? I don't I was know, man. About? Was it a fight club or something? I had to <laughs> like, make sure. I had to I had to like what kind of fight party? No. Oh man. Hey, speaking of fights, we got the fight tonight. Yeah, man. Fight fight going down tonight, man. So I, I I'm kinda excited about it, man. Like I don't know why I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm that excited about it, but uh, I'm also excited to see uh Nate Robinson, man. You know Nate Robinson, the NBA player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, short the guy. short guy, man. Yeah. So he's boxing tonight. Oh, he on an undercard? He on an undercard, man. Yeah. This is, 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 is this first, his first? I, I, I want to say it's his first, but I'm not sure. I'm not 100%, but I haven't heard anything about him boxing before until I've seen him on his undercard. So I don't know if it's his first fight or not, but I'm pretty excited about that, man. He always been like a crazy athlete, you know what I mean? To be small as he is, dunking at, what, five, 
nine or five, whatever tall he is. Yeah. You know, in the dunk contest, winning the dunk contest and all that stuff at that at that height. So he's always been an athletic dude. So I'm kind of curious to see. Then from the Mike Tyson and, and, and Roy Roy thing, man, is like, man, Roy better he he his legs need to be in shape, man. Mm-hmm. Cause ain't no way he finna stand in front of Mike. I seen Mike hit that that boxing bag, that that bag, man. He's still hitting that thing with some force, man. Yeah. So I just hope Roy can can stick and move. Cause later in in in, in, in Mike's career though, he was getting tagged too. He was going down too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Mike uh, got six losses, right? Six. Yeah. Yeah, Mike. Mike was going down at the end, man. People were putting hands on him when he was getting older. His head wasn't moving as fast, and he was getting tagged pretty good. Now we already know what happened with Roy and, Tr- and Tarver, man. Like you know what I mean? So yeah, he got exposed. Yeah, man. He, he got, got exposed. knocked out, right? He was like, yeah, he got knocked out real like, bad. That was real, like, <laughs> yeah, real bad knockout. That was like the, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. like the beginning of memes, right? It wasn't yeah. like it was like all over the. That was all over yeah. the place, right? And, and the reason why it was all over the place because Tarver told him. Yeah, Tarver said it when they got in the ring. Tarver told him, "Well, you hiding it now? You ain't hiding." You know what I'm saying? He told him like <laughs> you can't hide no more type stuff, man. So uh, it was kind of bad, man, because he, he talked crap to him and then put them yeah. hands on him. You know what I mean? He so was like, he was like cold out, man. Yeah, he was out. He was out, man. So it was, it was a big deal, man. And but man, Roy could eat the. Need to stick and move tonight, man. If he ever done it his whole life, man. <laughs> Did you I'm, see a way in there? You saw Roy. Right I didn't there? see the way in, man. But you was. T- I heard you talking about it earlier, man. It was, I'm, it was, I'm pretty sure Roy uh, uh, whooped my ass in, in the boxing ring. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But uh, he, he looked bad. Man. Do he look out of shape? He looked like he ate a lot for Thanksgiving, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man, Roy. Look, and you know Tyson looked kind of ripped up, man. Tyson looked a little. A bit more like he ready to go, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Roy looked like he like you know he just trying to get that money. Yeah, he he know what it's about. Like, <laughs> Talk about expedition, man. Mike, man, look, man, Mike Tyson's ready to go there like crazy, man. Like Mike, it's a, yeah, it's an expedition. But Mike say Mike say two grown men get in the ring though. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah, we, yeah. we trying to fight though. You know what I mean? Yeah, so Mike ain't Mike already talked about like the place he go to to get in that fight mode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and we know what that mode is, eating, eating earlobes and shit. So you know it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what type of what type of level Mike get into, man. Did, did Roy ever didn't Roy try to back out of this or something at some point? What? I don't no, know. I didn't hear nothing about backing out, man. I don't know. He yeah. might have. What's your prediction? Who 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 comes out who comes out the winner? I you know, I think Mike gonna win the fight, but it all the the way he wins depends on how much shape. That Roy in, if Roy uh-huh. can just if Roy can can jab and move and a lot, he's good. But if he's standing there and think he's gonna throw hands with Mike, man, it's gonna be a short fight. Yeah. So all right. So we got Mike and Roy. Yeah. Right. They do the they do the Swiss and Timberland. They do the versus thing where they get like some of the legacy acts together and they battle. And then uh, Ice Cube got the big three. You know? Do you think this Mike and Roy fight? can do something like more for sports as far as getting some of those legacy uh athletes that from from past get back together especially and it seemed like this stuff happening a lot now in the quarant in this time that we quarantine and in the, and, and in the house do you think that this is an effective way and it might inspire some more of those legacy like athletes and stuff to get back put the shorts back on put the uh sneakers back on and stuff like that yeah man um i actually think i actually heard mike talking about this man he mm-hmm. he the one said that he brought up this he brought up something real good about it, man. He said, Hey, uh, he said, think about this. You know, me and Roy doing this, but think about 
what the people want to see. Think about like you. And he said this. I, I this don't quote when he said. Um, he said, uh, think about um, Jerry Rice. Would you rather see if, if I was asking like the person that's in Jerry Rice position right now, who would I want to see that person or would I want to go see Jerry Rice? Yeah. Right. People going to want to go see Jerry Rice. Yeah. Right. Every time. So now you got him and Roy. So who the people want to see that. So he I think what he's doing right now, I don't think it's just going to stop with them two. Mm-hmm. I think he the way he was talking, though, he going to try to get more fights. Yeah. Either him or he going to get other people who did it before to come out and fight in a in a um, older years, and I most definitely can see Mayweather doing it. I, I just can see that. Like where it's not gonna go against his record. Not gonna go against his record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like I, an expedition type deal, like he did with with Conor. Exhi- exhibition. Yeah, exhibition. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think that Mayweather don't want that record. That yeah. No, long as they don't go against his record, if he go against his record, he ain't doing it. Yeah. Unless he know he can, you know, got a chance of actually winning. Yeah. And I heard I heard he's he's like a. He's like crazy when it comes to working out and stuff for fights and stuff. Mayweather. Yeah. Training, um, yeah. So if, if he can get in that type of shape and get in that type of fight shape, I can see him getting back in there. I think it might be good for the numbers, too, because with COVID, you got people quarantining. So normally with fights, you get the big fight party and different yeah. people got like 20 to 30 some people in their house. 15. Oh, yeah. Like now now with COVID, it's probably going to be just more people doing pay-per-view yeah. to watch it at home, yeah. man. Yeah, COVID gonna, really, COVID has really had a a big major. I mean, of course, it's, it, should, it should not be said. It should be unsaid at this point. But it has had a major effect on just the way we live. Period. Man. You know what I'm saying? We ain't seen nothing like this in my whole life, man. I've seen anything like this, and it's been it's been going on for a while now, yeah. man. And it actually like affected me, like my transfer and all that stuff. It affected me like real bad, man. Like yeah. you know. Um, we left in like January, man, when, but end of February, March time, it was full, it was full go. Yeah. Um, with this COVID stuff, man. So it, it kind of affected me in transferring and stuff, but yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is like the gyms, gyms, you yeah. know, um, the gym on our ship is shut down. So we, we don't work out on the ship and then the gyms out in town, I think they might be back shut down again, but they either. They either shut down or they doing something, you know, where where you got to set up an appointment or, or yeah, something set up outside. Yeah. But on top of that, we can't, you know, we can't go to the gyms outside anyway. Yeah. Um. So it's like I got some some equipment in the house, but not everything. And like coming off of a Thanksgiving, you know, where we where we eating food, the food was good, too, man. You know, yeah, but coming so. off of Thanksgiving and stuff like that, you got to go work out, you know, some kind of way. You know, with this uh, the knee injury, you know, so, you know, just me kind of just being transparent. Like, I wish that I was able to get in a gym right now and and work out and do some of the stuff that I can't do at home. I don't have like leg like leg equipment or nothing like yeah. that. So, yeah, man, the the crazy part about the gym thing is when I think about it is, man, like we can't go to the gym. We can't do anything. But the PFA for the kick back off. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know how that's going to work when actually the time frame comes, you know, because you still got everything secure. So you expect you you got to give in order to, you know, get a good product. And I don't think we'll have a good product when if we don't have gyms available. Yeah. You know, you got to at least have things available for people to succeed. If, if a lot of we get a lot of failures, that's the first thing going to come out. We didn't have gyms. We didn't have this. How you guys expect us to pass all this stuff? Because the failure rate, if we, if we don't, if it stays like this right now, the failure rate going to be way up. Yeah, because, I mean, what's that? that's called like putting a cart, you know, before the horse or whatever. Exactly. And then we talking about 
like we already talking about pushing for command PT. Like if it's not COVID, we push for command PT and stuff to make sure it's people working, working out. out. Yep. And then like, so what are we going to be doing now to make sure it's people working out? Yeah, that's a good question. And we, we need to be like, I, as a, as a military member, we need to be caring about our fitness, right? We need to be fit. Yeah. That's my opinion. And that's my personal approach to my career. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I need to, and now I've had issues where my weight fluctuated. You know, I've been 250. I've been 180. I've been 190. I've been 230. You know what I'm saying? So my weight has fluctuated throughout the years. And that, and all that got to do with like different things. Like for instance, like we just went through a major inspection, you know, and my, I always seem to put on weight during a major inspection because I'm getting off late. I'm yeah. going straight to the fast food spot, probably. Grab something real quick. Grabbing something real quick, going to sleep, knocking out, um, waking up in the morning, doing it all over again. You know what I'm saying? And even if I cut out lunch, that that cycle is not good, man. And then your body get used to that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it. I don't know about you um, and like what you deal with when you're going through inspections and stuff like that, but that's... That's some of what I dealt with. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and it's everybody. I mean, it's the same way. I mean, because we don't have that time, right? Because a lot of times for like like dinner comes to on a ship, we don't eat dinner on the ship most yeah. of the time. If you ain't got duty, you don't eat dinner on the ship. You might eat breakfast and lunch, but you ain't eating dinner. So then you won't get off the lake. So guess what? You know, you grab something. You grab something. Grab something yeah. quick and eat real quick. And yeah. You're going you're gonna to feel like fulfillment. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. A, it's something I want to talk about too, man. Before we really get into like our, our big stuff, well, a question for you is: Have mm-hmm. you ever been through depression in your career? No. Uh huh. Um, and, and I, I won't say I haven't been through depression. And when I tell you this, I don't know what depression looked like. Yeah. Right. And that's to be me to be honest. Um, um, if I ever had a depression or anything, it probably happened when I first came out of the Navy. On how when I came in, what I was dealing with before I came in the Navy. Uh, once I got in the Navy, man, like. Um, to me, it was a blessing, man. I, I was looking forward to like pushing it. Things didn't didn't happen for me before the Navy like this. So when I got in the Navy and I had my own money, I had I was doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. It was better for me. So I wasn't depressed. I was happy. I was you know doing doing stuff that I can actually do. Yeah, you know. And um, before the Navy, I couldn't do a whole lot of stuff. So I think I don't think I was depressed in the Navy. Yeah. No. So it's I never really been like the person that was in touch with depression or, or mm-hmm. what it means, kind of in the same vein. But when I got the shore duty after my first sea duty tour, when I got the shore duty and I was looking at my lifestyle and some of the things that I did on shore duty, um, like working out, eating clean, uh, less drinking, yeah, trying to go out and do things like every day, I realized that. It was a point of time in my sea duty, probably around like my fourth year on the ship, uh, where when I look back, when I looked back at it at that time, I realized that was a, a depression. I was going through a form mm-hmm. of depression. You know what I'm saying? I never knew it while it was happening. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. you ever heard of Cisco? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Singer, right? No, oh. <laughs> no, no. Cisco don't got nothing to do with my, uh, alcohol, with my depression. Yo, if I was depressed, like listening to Cisco every day, dog. Like, 
Oh man, you talk about that little alcohol Cisco man? Yeah, the liquid crack. Yeah, the real thick. man. So and then remember for loco, right? The first. Yeah, man. Yeah, the first edit. The the, the first uh, before the update before before the iOS update. Yeah, uh, for loco. For loco, not your crazy. Butt, boy. So what I used to do was I would mix Cisco and for loco together, Oof. right? I mix Cisco and for loco. And, you know, I'm a movie guy, right? So I put on a movie. And I'm talking about, like, a movie that, like, with, like, Clark Gable. Like, something something from, like, the 40s, 50s, right? <laughs> like, some old, or like, old Twilight Zone or whatever, right? So I'm, I'm in the house. I'm watching something from, like, 1944, man. I got Cisco, Four Loco, you know, just mixed together. I drink it. I drink this shit till I pass out, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm normally, and it's on a couch in my apartment, man. Mm-hmm. Um and then my friends would come in. All of these friends I still have today, right? But it's times, it'll be like a Friday night, you know what I'm saying? And maybe I got duty Saturday or, 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 or Sunday or something. But they'd be like, hey, man, you want to, what's up, man? You trying to go out? You trying to hit the club? It's like E4, E5 money. It's not that much money. And I'm probably in some kind of debt. So I'm like, nah, you know, I'm not trying to hit the club, man. You know what I'm saying? So I probably just pass right back up. I would wake up, right? I would wake up to a cup of, um, and I'm thinking about this now. That's why I say it's, yeah. it's fucking depression. But I would wake up to like the unfinished glass of Cisco and uh, Four Loco. Like yeah. now it's warm. And I would just drink that shit again until I passed out again. Bro. Oh my goodness. You know what man. I'm saying? And that was like, it was a lot of days of that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It was like a really. And I didn't know it then. It was just my life. Like, that's what I yeah. was doing. I'm drinking Cisco and Four Loco and watching movies. You know what I'm saying? This is yeah. me. This is who I am. You know? And uh, people like, hey, come on, man. Come out. Come out. Come out. You know? And it's probably it probably happened for like eight months or something like that. Wow, man. Yeah, it probably happened. It, like, And I don't mean like I was drinking Cisco and Four Loco every day for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for like eight months. You yeah. know? I probably wouldn't be here if that was happening. But yeah. like just this period of my... I think we were going through like NSERV or something like that. But... Uh, I would have never correlated it to like in-server or nothing like that. Yeah. But yeah, man, it, it happened. And in hindsight, I look back at it and I was like, damn, that like when I look back at it, it's like, damn, that was depression. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like I actually went through that. You would have never known, like anybody that know me would have never, you know, thought of it like that. Thought of it like that or, or knew that was happening at work. Or I even had like roommates and friends who they would have never put a finger on to that being a form of depression. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's crazy, man. Um, yeah, and, and sometimes it happens like that too, man. When when um, pressure has been put on you too, yeah, like getting a little depression from from like you say in server or whatever coming up on the ship. You want to do good, you want to do great, you want to do you know good stuff, and but you're thinking about it all the time. Yeah, man. You know, and you know how much that weighs on on your chain of command, on, on everybody around that you do well, and then you like, oh, man, I'm you you over preparing you probably staying late you know during the week because the weekends is probably where you 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 did most of that at so during the week weekdays you working long hours because you want to make sure you get everything right yeah man you you actually just hit something right on the nose man you know what my what my best like stretch of days was in the navy since i've been in man outside of you know meeting my wife and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but my last eight days on my first ship like and I I got in trouble in these eight days, right? I went to like a a, a DRB. It was it was more of a a thing where they wanted to talk to me uh, like as mentors and man, I, man, Master Chief, 
Langens, like I, I like I love this mess for this, but they was like, hey man, like you've done good for the last four and a half, you know, five years, man. Don't go to your next command with these behaviors. But it was like an eight day run. Me and my boy Mikey, we just did everything we could do in these. Like it's just eight days, <laughs> eight man. Days. Like just crazy stuff. Like I had to, I had a Camaro. We got pulled over for like driving insanely too quick. We found these two women that like stayed like somewhere close by and like Virginia Beach or something. And we was like crashing at their apartment. Just doing crazy stuff. And I remember I got into like a a situation with the girl. We got into a little argument. So I got kicked out of her place, man. And I remember she swung on me, right? You know, and I, I, I will never put my hands on a woman ever. So I don't want this story to ever get to that point. But uh, so when she swung on me, I remember ducking the ducking her, uh, the hit, and like she punched like another girl in the face, you know, oh. and it looked like it hurt. So I was like, man, like <laughs> I was like, I'm glad she ain't catch me with that. But right after that, we got in the car, right? And again, this wasn't my girl, so this like, uh, you know, at, at this time she could have been anybody's girl, you know what I'm saying? So we get in the car, we leave. When we leave, we go to the barracks. And this when the barracks was new in, in, mm -hmm. in Virginia, and it, it used to go down in the barracks. So we go to this party. I'm an E5. So like when you're E5, you when you are an E5, you look at yourself like, hey, I'm a leader. I'm mature. Mm -hmm. I'm just this, that, that. At this point, I'm only an E5 with like four to five years in. But I go to this party. It's like E1, E2s there. Real young. 18, 19. You know what I'm saying? Like really, really young. And it's 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 like a it's like a, a episode of american pie man like every room you go in there's something crazy going on yeah, you know man. you go in a room it's two guys one girl i go in another room you got like uh the moonshine cherries they taking at this point i'm already drunk right it could have been i think that led to like probably what happened between me and the, the girl i'm talking about but so i'm already like wasted you know I, I just go to the room and i grab some of the moonshine cherries out you know and that's the last thing i remember the next thing i remember was me talking to the cops oh wow yeah the next thing i remember was me now mind you i'm saying this was the best eight days of, of, my, of my career <laughs> but this was the worst part about it and it's probably it's one of the biggest lessons i learned um but so i'm talking to the cops Right. The next thing I remember, I'm waking up in my rack and we at this point, we on a barge because the mm -hmm. ship is in the yards. Right. So I'm waking up in my rack and my boy, Mikey. Right. And I'm holding the rest of his name. I love Mikey to death, but I'm holding the rest of his name uh, just out of respect. You know what I'm saying? So he yeah, calls yeah. me. He like, hey, where you at, man? I'm like, yo, I'm on a barge, man. I'm like, I like I just woke up, man. I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> he like, yo, come on. He's like, yo, come back, you know come back out i'm like where you at he's like yo i just woke up at the gas station with my foot on the gas pedal man oh my goodness <laughs> and, man and the girl he was what was in the passenger seat i'm like yo this is crazy but that's like that was our eight days you know what i'm saying oh. so and it's like day five into the eight so i i leave to go back out right i leave to go back out and they stop me they like yo you can't go out on liberty i'm like why you know what I'm saying? And all I, I, so, you know, I found out I got turned over by the cops, right? They was like, yeah, it's just a, you know, it was just a courtesy turnover. The cops just kind of gave you, and somebody was like, you should still be able to go out. The cops just brought you back to the ship. Same weekend, another sailor from my ship got killed by oh. the cops on leave back home. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Man, that yeah. was bad eight days right so, there. So, so now the ship is trying to be protective. You know, they like, all right, we just had a seller get killed by the cops. I'm not going to let. And, and that was the story. I'm sure that's what happened. But, that you know, that was the story that I know is he got killed by the cops the same weekend that I got brought back, uh, turned over. So I had to stay on board for it. And every, Mikey called him. He's I'm just coming. I'm going to just come. He still messed up from the night before, too. He's I'm going to just come. I'm going to just come get you. But um, he wound up coming and everything. But I couldn't leave. And I like and that was hard because it's just you on a barge. Nobody else is there. Mm-hmm. I'm like just embarrassed, man. You know what I'm saying? So I went to the DRB. Now, before I go to the DRB, I'm stressed out about it because I'm like, at this point, I'm the junior seller of the year. You know, I got yeah. my own parking spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a parking spot, man. Like, I'm not supposed to be getting in trouble. But like, I was like, not going to say like uptight the whole five years, but I was on eggshells the whole five years because I was successful. And we see that a lot with sellers, yeah. who, you know, successful. They, you know, scared. So I go to the DRB and I'm like, what uniform, what uniform? My chief is on leave because I think it's like during a palm period, too. So my chief is on leave and I'm messed up about that. I like need my chief, man. I need this guy around. So I'm calling him, call him. He must have already knew it wasn't that, you know, big a deal. And he's like, yeah, you're going to be all right. So I get out, you know, this day of DRB, I'm thinking I need my blues on or my whites, whatever time of the year it was. And they like, no, nah, just put your end ups on. So then I go, I go to DRB, Massachusetts, she come to me. Sheila Langtons too, man. Love her to death. She like, hey, this ain't an actual, this isn't an actual DRB, but we just want to, you know, talk to you. Make sure you got your head on straight before you go, you know, before you next go to your next command. So I went down there. They talked to me. They're like, man, you done, you, you done too well in these, you know, five years to start making these kind of fucking mistakes. So straighten up, McCullough. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And that hit me hard, man. You know, I went to that next command just ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Ready to lead and. Uh, as soon as I came, took, you know, took a, a second class. So as soon as I came, took over works in a suit. But that, it was that moment, man. But yep. those eight days before that, <laughs> crazy. <Bro. laughs> yeah, Bro. that was a crazy eight days, man. Yeah, man. Things like that, though, kind of define you sometimes, too, though. You know what I mean? Who you go, who you are. Are you going to be like that? Or are you going to be, you know, who you are now? So Yeah. Yeah, and I needed it, man. I need, it's like It was like a purge, man. It was yeah. like, all right, I, I saw what it felt like to, like, to be successful like here and do good and get high rankings and go to evals. I saw what that felt like. Yeah. Um, what do these eight days of bullshit feel like? You know what I'm saying? And standing outside of that DRB, like mm. that shit was embarrassing, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it was, it was, it was, it's on a bar. So it's like, you got to go downstairs. Like the chief's muscle, you like upstairs and then just going down and just even like the next day the the turnover and walking around and being like the name that like they kind of going over the radio, yeah, like hey, uh, EM2 is right here. Like it just was like, like, this is, you know, bad, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I never want to, I never want to go through that again, man. Yeah, man. It's, 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 it's most definitely one of those times that, that, that will shape you, man. Um, I actually had one of those times that kind of shaped me a little bit too, man. Like, um, I, I freaking, um, so when using my first, in my first part of my career, you couldn't get, you couldn't go out to the clubs and stuff, um, in San Diego at 18, 19, 20 years old, right? Yeah. The only place that we can go is Mexico, Tijuana, TJ's. So every week was weekend, we're going to TJ's, right? But of course I wanted to hit the clubs, you know, down here and stuff. So I had one of my friends, you know what I mean? On the ship, a little bit older than me. Um, he hooked me up with this ID, man. Yeah. 
So I get this ID and now, you know, I'm young. I'm about 19, 19 years old, first ship. And probably for about four or five months, I'm hitting every club in San Diego. Yeah. Having a blast, right? Until this one time, man, I freaking go into this club and it, it's kind of like a you go in the club, you give them your ID, then you come around, they give your ID back to you, you go on in, you're good to go. Right. And of course, at this time, I was under 21. So if you guys don't know, I didn't drink. So mm-hmm. I didn't drink. That I was over 21 at all anyway, because uh, I was so far in, into athletic stuff and doing things like that. So, so what were you going to clubs to do? Dance? No, man. I was going to clubs to girls. OK. You know, right, yeah. you know, um, that was pretty <laughs> much it. Hunt, like, fishing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going in the, in, the, in the clubs and having a good time, you know, me and me and the, the other guy or whoever I was with at the time. But when I so I go in, I get my ID. So when I come back through to get my ID, they didn't give me my ID. They had it. I saw it in the guy's hand. And he had it pulled back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he seen the actual date of the ID because it was actually on my real ID. Just put another layer on it that says yeah. a different date or whatever. So by the end, they told me to come. You know, come in this little room or whatever. But they already had me in the club. Doors locked, closed behind me, so I couldn't like run out or do anything like that. Yeah, I was yeah. already trapped in there. Yeah, the rights. Yeah. So I go in there and um. Probably about five minutes later, these cops come in, man, and start talking to me, man. Like, um, and the cops went in on me, man. Like, one of them went in. Like, I don't know the cop's name, but I do know one was black and one was white, mm-hmm. right? Black cop come in, man. Black cop go in on me, man. Yeah, he bad copped you, probably. He bad cop me, man. Went in on me, telling me, you know, you need to take this shit back to Mississippi. <laughs> you ain't gonna do this in my town and my my city and all this stuff. So I went off on me, man. And then the cop that was in charge was a white cop. So he was in charge of the whole situation. He was just pretty much like, all right, man, I'm in, this, I'm in charge of this, this situation. And we're just going to turn you over at the base. Yeah. Right. So he just turned me over to the base police. And then the base police, the one took me to my ship. And um, the, and then like kind of like you, I was like the, the top performer, you know, E3, like top performer there. Um, doing a lot of good things for the command when I was there. So when they brought me back and they handcuffed you, right? So I'm handcuffed all the way up to the quarter deck. They unhandcuffed me on the quarter deck, mm-hmm. right, of the ship. And the crazy part about this whole thing was um, the Master Chief was on board. And you guys don't know, normally Master Chiefs don't stand duty. Mm-hmm. But when you're on a frigate, you don't have that many people, this Master Chief was actually standing duty. And he was my departmental LCPO. So when I come across the quarter deck, he's on the quarter deck. Mm-hmm. And the first thing came out of his mouth, they finally got you. <laughs> now, I don't know where that came from or why he said that, but he said that. He said they finally got you. Yeah. Right. And just those words from him, because he was a very respectful guy, respected guy, man. <laughs> what like, you think he was he tracking you? Did he know what's up? I'm yeah. Talking. I don't know, man. He, 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 he freaking finally got, finally got me, man. Um, so I don't really know what happened to the whole, how, you know, the whole time I was going, because at the same time, I supposed to went to, um, on leave mm-hmm. command really didn't want me to go and leave. Cause they didn't think I was going to come back and all this stuff. So my chief found you know, talk to him and say, he's going to come back, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up coming back. So when I came back, the ship was waiting on the paperwork to come from the MAs. Yeah. Right. So for the, for the short duty. So they got the paperwork back. I come back, and so I'm thinking I'm already my mindset. 
going to DRB, see what happens after that, right? Because I know it was a big thing because, you know, you can get, like they had me, they was talking about it anyway. Like it's going to be destruction of government property because it's the ID and all that type of stuff. So I had all <laughs> yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, get you real I, yeah, scared. Yeah, so I had all this stuff was going. Destruction of government property? Yeah, I know. Man. So I was had all this stuff going through my head. I said, oh, man, they, they got me, man. So when I get back, my chief had the paperwork from the MAs in his hand. Yeah. And he like tore it up right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And pretty much say you owe me, and that was it, end of it. So I don't know what happened between that. I don't know if they got the story from the cops out there. Only thing they knew it was a turnover. So I don't know what happened. I don't know the whole backstory on what paperwork he actually had because I didn't even see it. I yeah. just know he turned tore it up, put it in the trash, and man, that kind of like was an eye opener because because I'm thinking like, man, I've messed around and get my ass kicked out the navy. I ain't got nowhere to go. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was eye, it was an eye opening moment for me. Um. Yeah, man, it was it was a big deal. So sometimes you had it in your Navy career to, to kind of turn you around a little bit. Um, and that's a story I don't talk about that much. I know my probably got family members and people will be listening like, what? What, yeah. what? what? What the hell? But yeah, that was like an eye opener for me, man. Because that that's not that's out of the norm for me. You yeah. know, doing things like that. But and hey. and, and it's it's nothing wrong with having that shift. It's nothing wrong yeah. with having something that you did messed up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like we all. The Navy, it's a 20-year career. You know, a lot of us come in at, you came in at like 18, right? 18, yeah. So a lot of us come in at 18, 19, 20, you know, at younger ages and like yeah. we make mistakes, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Don't we, experience yeah. a lot in the beginning, you know what I mean? We grow up and we grow yeah. up in the military, you know, we live 20 years out, 20 or more years out in the military, like 20 years of perfection is yeah. not a lot crazy. of people had that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So. You know, we should be able to, you know, make some mistakes and you should be able to learn from those mistakes. I I was just reading somewhere about uh, the option of court martial, Um, the option of courts martial, like it being on a ship or not. Like if it should be on a ship or not, I don't want to get too deep into it, but it was saying like, you know, the option uh, because on shore duty, you know, if you get an NJP, then you could say hey now nah, let's you know let's do this uh court let's do a courts martial or whatever mm-hmm. on the ship they I, I haven't read it and i'm gonna dig into it but if anybody did read it they could clarify it for us on a ship i was told that it got more to do with the operations i always thought like you just can't request a court a court martial at all if you're on a ship mm-hmm. i don't know do you know anything can you speak to no that at i all? can't speak to it at yeah, all. yeah so we gotta go you know we gotta go but i because the thing about an njp is that it's totally up to the command right and in the article, it was saying there's times where the captain might already know what's going to happen to you before you even go up. And it was saying, like, it's not that many times that somebody go all the way up to the captain and they the captain find information and be like, now nah, this person is, you know, innocent. Normally, if you make it up to the captain, then your ass is, you know, grass yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess if you make it out the chief's mess, um, you know, you get it a lot. Uh, I haven't seen that much, that many things stop after a DRB or stop at a DRB yeah. um, more. So I saw some things be like, hey, no, we're not even going to take this to DRB. But I haven't seen a lot of things stop after a DRB. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, you could get past DRB. Yeah. you Most of the time you're going all the way up. Yeah. Um, but the captain do got their decision. I mean, some, I have seen where the captain throw it out at, at you know. Yeah. At, at, at Captain Mass. At Captain Mass. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Real quick, because um, I know um, we got to get into what we got to get into, but would you, uh, do you think that somebody should be able to request a court martial on a ship if it's not like doing any kind of operations? If you parasite, if you, 
in dry dock or something like that, should should you be able to request a court martial? Yes. Right. Yeah. I, I most definitely think so. Um, and I actually, um, I went when I went to the Captain Mass. Um, I was told I was told by several people you, you should request yeah. you should request court martial um, to go up. But but me, I didn't do that. And the reason why I didn't request court martial or do anything is because. Um, what I was trying to accomplish at that time, like at that time I was E-L-U-I, right? And I was like already had a board schedule to to become an E-L. Yeah. And I didn't want to go to court martial and point fingers at this seat commanding officer when he's the same guy that's going to be, you know, signing me uh, um, my E-L letter. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I thought about that, um, that whole thing. Cause I know at the time, being a DC man, the EI letter was a big deal as a first class, uh-huh. you know, um, because at that time, many DC men wasn't trying to get EIs and do anything like that. So I know it was a big deal. So I was like, you know what, let me leave it alone. I'm not going to try to push. And then at the end of the day, too, I think back at that whole thing when I went to Captain Mass was I was the guy in charge. Yeah. I was the leading petty officer. So, yeah. So I didn't even mess with it. It was good. Yeah. And then the pros and cons of court martial. It was pros and cons, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, the pros is that you they need you need hard evidence beyond a shadow of a doubt, stuff like that. Yeah. The con is you could face, you know, jail time, you know, and then with DRB, the the pros is that you going on restriction and, you know, you, you might lose rank or something, but it's no jail time. And then the con the biggest con is that it's like it don't you don't need to have evidence or anything. Yeah. It's just your word against, you know, somebody else's word. Yep. You know, but what I really want to get into is the board, right? The uh, yeah, the selection board. Yeah. Right. Man. So yeah. we just had for for chief uh, specifically, but we you know we just had the new uh, chief selects get announced, and uh, as you go through that, you also go through the people that didn't hear their name. Yeah. You know, and I was on Facebook, and it was a uh, it was a master chief. He 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 was you know he kind of was talking about records records review. And I was intrigued by the conversation. The first class started asking them some questions. And they were questions that I had before. Um, and I was intrigued by that conversation. So I uh, I, I wanted to give him a call, the, the master chief, and, yeah. and you know, and kind of dive deeper into that. But yeah. did you did you get selected your first time? No, because I had went to so when I went, when I got selected, it was actually um Man, I want to say probably like the third or fourth time, mm-hmm. but my issue, no, I actually, it was my, it was the nine, then I went for 10, 11, third time. Yeah. And and the reason why um, I never had an issue with my selection is because I went to mass. Oh, yeah. Nine. So you had to kind so, of rub yeah. it off. So I didn't even, I didn't even put a package in or nothing. Okay. So when I went up, because I didn't think I was going to make it because I went to Catholic mass. But I still made it, you know, a couple years after that. So it was pretty. It was pretty special because I. W- it was real, like what? Yeah. You know what I mean, so no, I didn't never have an issue issue at the time anyway. Cause I didn't think I was gonna make it. Okay, I'm. A, I'm gonna give him a call, man. Yeah, and, man. Uh, Let's call him. Let's talk to him. Talk to him about this. Hey, what's up, Alquin? It's Damo from Permission to Speak Freely podcast. Um, I'm happy what's that I actually. On? What's up, man? I'm happy that I actually got a a, a chance to call you. Um, I got Damon with me. Hey, what up, Dame? Hey, what's good, man? How you doing, man? Well, it's good. What's good? What's going on, man? How you fellas doing today? Oh, um, we doing good, man. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, man. No complaints, you know. Family, food, fun. So 
you know, couldn't ask for nothing more, man. A lot to be thankful for. Yeah, so about uh, good man. Same thing. I spent. I actually spent my. Um, we had a PTSF Thanksgiving because I spent my Thanksgiving with my man Damon over here. So most definitely, man. You know, we had a good time, man. A lot of stuff to be thankful for, also, man. So it was all good, man. Nothing but love over here. Hey, so I, I was just, I was just telling them about um, what made me reach out to you in the first place, and it was the uh, conversation I saw on uh, Facebook where you, you know, you was talking about you were going through the packages. And uh, you saw some, you know, you saw some things that you could give advice on to, you know, to some sellers. So I wanted to, you know, talk about that for a little bit with you. That's, that's fine, man. That's one of my favorite subjects, man. One of my favorite subjects. Anybody who knows me, served with me, you know, I'm real big on advancement, you know, getting people to the next level, um, not being stagnant and just trying to, you know, get the most out of this thing, man. Now, can you, can you, before we do get into it, can you? Uh, talk about because I know you know you just came from the, this last uh, selection board, but can you kind of you know talk about that stuff for the listeners? Okay, um, I can be as broad as you need me to be. Um, I, I don't know how much time we got working with. I can start from beginning to end. Um, just let, let me know how, how much you need me or how much you want me to get into it. Oh no, you we, know, we yeah, you know, we got was FY twenty one. Was that your first uh, selection board you set? Yes, that was that was my first selection board. Um, as, as a matter of fact, I just made uh, Master Chief um, this cycle um, back in December. Um, it's when the applications come out to select to sit selection boards. Um, you're not just randomly chosen. Um, you actually have to put in an application to um, be a board member as well as a recorder. Um, it was something I always wanted to do ever since I was a senior chief. Um, I put in applications to sit the board because as a um, senior chief, you could sit the um, E7 board, um, but you have to be a master chief to sit the obviously the E8 and um, the master chief board. So um, I was fortunate enough to um, be notified that um, – I was selected to sit the board this year, so um, it, it was kind of like one of my bucket list things. So I, I was extremely excited, um, not really knowing what I was getting into. A lot of my mentors um, have set boards before previously, and um, they was able to disclose with me what they could, but to actually get up there and do it yourself. And um, again, like I said in the Facebook uh, post, a lot has changed in the last three years, starting with FY17 group. A lot has changed. So um, for me, um, it's just a matter of, you know, returning from the board and, and giving back and able to explain the process and let people know that the process is absolutely fair. So um, the kind of, like I said, dive into that portion of it. Um, again, you have to put in the application. Um, application should be coming back out next month. Um, hopefully, if the schedule returns back to like it was previous years, you know, um, pre-COVID. So I would definitely put in another application. You can't sit the same board back to back. Um, that okay. was a question that I asked while I was up there. So I will not be able to sit the seven board again um, next year, but I will be able to sit the E8 or the E9 board. So I will be putting in applications for those boards. Now, um, once you get up there, um, again, I'm not selected or chosen to select chiefs from any particular rate. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to say that it's sort of like the makeup of the ship. You know, you got your different departments and within those departments, you got different rates that deal with those departments. OK, the selection board is 
pretty much set up the same way. For myself, um, as you can see from the panel um, names, it's certain rates that select certain rates. You know, for my situation, I'm, I work in aviation, so mm -hmm. they keep me predominantly to aviation. I'm an AB, and um, as an aviation boatswain mates, we're comprised of three different rates. Um, ABH, which is aviation boatswain mate handler, um, ABF, aviation boatswain mate fuel, ABE, aviation boatswain mate equipment. Um, once you make E9, you're just known as an AB, an aviation boatswain mate master chief. Mm -hmm. From the board perspective, um, I select all three of those chiefs. And, um, you know, typically we deal with um, uh, AOs, um, AZs, and um, just, you know, majority of the aviation rates, I should say. But due to COVID, it, it became more restricted um, because you can't have so many people in one room, in one space. So, yeah. um, again, um, this selection board, um, it was restricted to just the AOs and, again, the ABs, all three rates of the ABs is what I you know, had the fortune of um, selecting. So, um, and we go one particular rate at a time. We don't do all rates, one particular rate at a time. The SME, the SME, mm -hmm. um, briefs that panel on exactly what it is that that rate is looking for in a chief. And typically that brief is the latter. Okay, the latter that's what I was going to ask. Okay. Whatever you want to call it, it's the ladder, the ECP, in conjunction with the um, convening orders. Okay. Convening orders. As sailors, as first classes, even as chiefs, senior chiefs, going up a master chief and senior chief, you got to understand it too because they work coincide with each other. Um, some of the questions, you know, is, hey, I, I fleet up this guy and we got the same quals and we got this and we got that. That's, that's good, you know, fleet. The fleet temp stalking people, but fleet temp don't fleet temps don't tell you what that person evals was. Yeah. Fleet temp don't tell you, you know, hey, this was the AO of the year, or this was my seller of the year, or this was my, you know, department guy of the year, and things of that nature. You know, fleet temps don't necessarily tell you certain certifications this guy has and things like that. So you got to be careful when you fleet um, temp stalking people as well, right? Yeah. But um, again, I, I touch on that. Um, later, but um, again, I use the example of um, the AOs, mm -hmm. for example. Okay, um, again, there were 16 people in my panel, and um, as you can see from you know what they released, um, the number of candidates, you know, about 400 candidates. So, with that being said, um, those 400 records are yeah. um, evenly distributed amongst the panel members. And it's our job to sit there 12 hours a day, um, Monday through Friday. Um, we kind of work from, well, we don't kind of, we do. We work from 07 to 1900, Monday through Friday. On Saturdays, you know, 07 to around 1500. They give us a little early day on Saturdays and we off on Sundays. But it is a full-time job because it's a lot of candidates, a lot of records. So um, those records are evenly dispersed, depending on the number of candidates, to uh, the panel number. And it's our job to go through every single record. 
and you know no one is going through trying to find a way to disqualify someone um i know when i was coming up through the ranks as an e6 you know that was kind of the myth that was given to us you know like hey Make sure your record is squared away because they're looking for reasons to disqualify because they got to get through so many records. And yeah, things yeah. Like, that. <laughs> like they just go, they just uh, go throw you out. <laughs> right, right. You know, hey, this isn't this guy's record. Get him out of here, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I can move on to the next. But um, that wasn't the vibe. That wasn't the feeling um, in, in the board that I said, you know. Um, you, you, you literally just trying to, you know, do what you can to help push the seller to the next level, you know. Um, obviously, some records are, are much better than others, and it's our job to determine, you know, which record is, you know, the best of the best. Um, we do not um, put records against themselves. So, you know, Petty Officer 1 versus Petty Officer 2 versus Petty Officer 3, no. That record is, you know, put against the convening order as well as the ECP or the latter, whichever you call it. Right. Um, and, and you literally, this is what I was briefed. This is what the convening order states. This is how I grade the record. And um, like I said, the convening order um, speaks more so to um, the best of the fully qualified, mm -hmm. the best, you know, competitively amongst your peers. How do you stand out competitively? competitively amongst your peers. The um, latter or the um, ECP speaks more so to being fully qualified. Mm -hmm. Each rate have their own ladder, you know, and that ladder tells you what you need. It clearly says, uh, it clearly says recommendations, you know, for E6 to E7, E7 to E8, E8 to E9. Yeah. It's telling you those are the things that you need to be fully qualified, to be considered, um, to have a shot, a chance at um, selection, uh, and again, the convening order speaks to being the best. Yeah, and now, and, and, and uh, I'm gonna interrupt for a second. Uh, the the, conven no, no. the convening order that's on uh, NPC NPC.com, right. and then the ladder mm -hmm. is in Navy Cool. Correct. All right, yeah, that's all. That's all I wanted to get that out. Yeah, and um. When it comes to these evals, you know, you, you have to write those evals to the convenient orders, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, it tells you, it talks about impact, it talks about education, it talks about um, collateral duties and, and all those things, you know. It, it, when you're sitting down writing your eval, the best thing for you to do is take out that convenient order, put your thoughts together, what all you plan on putting in your eval, and, you know, side by side, along with your ladder, you know, because, hey, we need your ladder says, pretty much every ladder says, first class put off associates, sell the 360 involvement and things of that nature. So those things need to be on your ladder. You know, it talks about command collaterals, okay? Uh -huh. We really need to see um, command impact, you know? Okay, that, that's fine. You, you said you're doing this command collateral on Block 29, but what impact is it having? You have to speak to it, you know. Um, things like F FCTOA involvement is not considered a command collateral. You know, that's that's two different things, you know. Mm -hmm. In your ladder, it's two different things, you know. Seller 360 is not necessarily a command collateral. Like, that's a program. You know, you got to know the difference between programs and being involved in programs and then collateral duties. It's two different things. And then you got watches, you know, i.e., you know, enlisted sex leader. Are you doing that? You know, are you in a, in a, in a 
locker leader for, you know, duty section or, you know, training teams and stuff like that. You know, everything that that ladder breaks down is its own separate thing, so to speak. You know, um, I look at some evals and it's just like, well, I got a command collateral. Okay, what is it? Because I don't see it in your eval. Yeah. Um, I, I was the um, president of the um, FCPOA. <laughs> No, look at your ladder. It, it, it speaks about it in a separate entity of its own. So, you know, but um, people interpret it how they want to interpret it. But um, again, I have we have to see that, you know, when it comes time for grading these packages. Um, so again, um, each package is um, graded individually, and each package is briefed individually. So um, the original. My package wasn't viewed. My package this. No, if you're eligible, your package will be reviewed and it will be scored. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. And that's so re- out of fourteen, right? Hey, uh, real quick, that regardless, that regardless of you sending a package in or not, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Because so we getting into regardless. some of the yeah. So so let me start hitting these questions because we getting into some of them anyway. So you know, mm-hmm. in a um. After looking at the post, you know, I thought of some questions and I asked a couple. I reached out to some junior sellers. So we came up with a few questions. The first question is, um, if I'm an E5 or a brand new E6, what are some of the things that I could be working on to ensure that when it's time to submit my letter to the board that I'm ready to go? Okay, some of the things you could be working on is immediately getting involved with, you know, the um, associations. You know, if you're a brand new E5, hey, you know... um, Get involved with Southern Fast Pet Association. If you're a first class, get involved with the first class pet association. You know, um, find yourself a collateral. <laughs> you know, a lot of first classes think certain collaterals is beneath them or below them. Hey, right. be that guy. You know, be that one that's just like, hey, I might not have primary, but I would definitely take assistant. Because when that first class transfer and leave, guess what? Now's not a thing. You're going to move up and you're going to become the uh, primary. So, you know, start from there. Um, I'm going to say this and it's expect the P, you know, expect the P, um, but work like you want a MP. Don't, don't work like, well, I'm going to just get a P regardless, you know, Hey, put in 110%, you know, do not take a break. Do do not take your foot off the pedal because what's going to happen is, Hey, when it comes time for that eval, you ain't going to have nothing to put on it. Yeah. You know, because you ain't do nothing. Because you're walking around like, well, I'm gonna get a P anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, so what's Work the like you gonna get an EP? What's the weight of that P? Um, when you sitting in that room. What's the what's the weight of that P? Yeah. What's the weight of the P? Like, is if have you looked at some packages with P's on them, and these people still make cheap? Um. This is the the convenient order, right? Convenient order speaks to sustained superior performance. Um, a lot of chiefs out here right now, for one, um, been chiefs for a couple of years. So the manner in which they made chief is not the same as it currently stands, right? So you'll hear a lot of chiefs saying, yeah, I made um, chief off of P and this, that, and the third. For one, everyone tends to think that last eval that they got in September is the eval that just born at day selection. I signed my eval in November. I made chief in July, August. It was that last eval. No. Um, it's a, it's based off of your body of work. Mm-hmm. All your evals. Right? 
So we have to show, or you, the seller, have to show sustained superior performance. Okay? You cannot show sustained superior performance off of one eval. Yeah. So uh, it used to be, hey, it's just your last five evals. It's just your last five, your last five. Look at your last five. Okay, well, if I can pay five evals and show sustained superior performance, okay, I can do that. If I need more than that, I need more than that. But at the end of the day, your whole entire record is at my disposal. Okay. Nice. And then uh, in case some people don't know, right, because um, I know we know uh, we got a senior chief over here, chief over here, but what does the board look at when they review your record? Okay, that, that's a very, very good question because there's a lot of myths out there. At the end of the game, your BOL, right, your BOL um, field codes 30 to 38, as well as what you send to the board to be included in your letter to the board, as well as your PSR page one and page three. Mm-hmm. That's all that we have. Okay. So, uh, question, if everything is in my record, do I really need to submit? This is one of these questions a lot of people ask and they wonder about. If I got everything in my record, all my quals and everything like that, do I really need to submit a letter to the board? Does it look funny if I don't? Nope, it don't look funny at all. It don't look no kind of way. It's not frowned upon. It's however, it's, at the end of the day, it's your record. Now, one thing I would encourage people to do is that um, if your rate is qual heavy, you know, uh, and you can tell by your ECP, like me, I work in aviation, I'm an AVH. My ladder clearly speaks to certain qualifications I need to have, PQS-wise, right? Some rates is cert heavy, you know, certifications, which is n- not PQSs. But if your rate is heavy into PQSs and, and qualifications, I would at least go into BOL, and if you have a most current page four, uh, you're good. But if not, at minimum, I would at least send in my most current page four. Um, but again, that, that that's completely up to that individual. But um, just FYI, um, BOL, your OMPF is only updated when you transfer, when you re-enlist. Okay. That's, that's, that's pretty much it. That's when they merge the record and send everything off to be put in on your OMPF. All right, so here, here's a here's here's a question. I'm gonna tell you what inspired it. Uh, though, so the question is, how does the board look at duplicate submi- submissions? So I remember going through like, man, like yeah, I know it's in my record, but I want them to see it. Are they gonna look at me like I'm an asshole if I if I add it in the package? It's already in my record. How does the board look at that though? Is it is it like a like hey, if it's in your record, it's in your record. Don't add it to your package or nothing like that. I'm gonna tell you to you like this because. Even amongst board members, you ask five board members, you probably gonna get five different answers. Mm-hmm. It's not, no one is going to, you know, look at you crazy for sending it. I, I'd rather make sure and feel comfortable knowing it's there, um, vices not knowing. Okay. And then what's, just, what's your take on that summary, that, uh, the summary letter? Some, yeah. Uh, I, I think I saw you speaking okay. on that. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I kind of got a little um, um, feedback from from that, right? And um, like I said in the post, um, that's coming from a place um, when I was selected for chief years ago. Um, I sent in a summary letter, so for me it was just like, hey, you can't tell me nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, whatever that person sent in once they were selected, 
That's their Bible. That's their Holy Grail. That's what got me selected. And it's different for every person, right? So I said all that to say, as a chief, I sent in a letter to the board. Um, I sent in a summary letter. And so for me, summary letters was it. Like, yes, sir, you got to send them in, man. It makes it easier for them. Um, when I made senior chief, um, the first time I was up, because it took me three chances to make um, senior chief, the first time I sent in a letter to the, um, a summary letter, um, the last two times it didn't. So mm-hmm. now I'm sitting back like, huh, I guess it don't matter. Um, when I made master chief, definitely didn't send one in. And I got selected. Now as a board member, um, again, my take on it is, um, at the end of the day, um, it's not verified by anybody. It's not stamped. It's not proven um, anything that's that's certified. So um, everything that you put in that letter, um, career summary letter, um, I have to find it anyway. You know, that's that's just your opinion. You know, like I said, hey, um, what typically goes on a a summary letter? Uh, Positions of importance. Okay, well, on your pay, on your PSR, um, when I look at your evals on there, it's going to tell me what positions you was evaluated on. Okay. You can tell me that you as an LPO or you want to, but if you're an eval, if you're not being evaluated as an LPO, it's a difference. And after November, if you, you know, got put in an LPO position, which sometimes happened, okay, well, just send me your, um, letter designation. Send me a letter of designation, and that's fine. That lets me know that, hey, no shit, okay, you're an LPO. Copy that. Roger that. Mm-hmm. Um, what people typically put on there, hey, this is all the places I've been stationed at. It's a page in your BOL, in your OMPF, that's going to tell me that same thing. Yeah. Right? And on your evals, um, your PSR, it's going to be a section for that. Every eval comes with where you were stationed at. I don't need you to tell me that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um your awards, again, on your PSR, it got a spot in the lower left corner that says NAMS, comms. If that is incorrect, then just send them. Just, just, just go ahead and just send me your NAMS and your comms that's not missing, you know, or whatever. Like, we good on that. Um, collateral duties, okay? When it comes to collateral duties, they either going to be in your eval and it spoke about, you know, on block, what, 43? Uh, you want to have your letter designation for them. Anything else is just, okay, you know, it's just you telling me, but I need proof, yeah. right? Um, and it, it's a host of things people decide to put on there, you know, your, your PPME, your SG, SEJ PME. You yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Them. Yeah, that's that's what, you know, that's you, my you, next question, actually. But um, yeah, before you, you definitely need to send those search in, and, and they definitely matter. They matter, okay. What, what about the MOVSM? Um, that, that matters too, because uh-huh. I'm going to take the AOs, for example. If you look at the, um, ECP or the ladder on the AO, that's a specific call out. It clearly states MOVSM for senior chief and master chief, as well as chiefs. It says MOVSM. So, yeah. All right. And then, uh, something you said earlier just kind of raised a question in my head. So if I'm a, if I'm a first class LPO and like, let's say my chief go down or I don't have a chief for a while. So I'm working in place of my chief um, for like four months, three months. Like how would I can't put. So I'm not going to put LCPO on an eval because my chief is back and I had a chief at, at some point in time. So I'm still going to be LPO. 
So most likely what, what we've seen is like somebody, right, was acting as LCPR or something in the eval. How much weight does right. that hold? Well, if you're going up the chief and, and someone, you know, felt the need to let me know that you were acting in the capacity of a chief, uh, I would think that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that would be probably the best way to do it. Just put it on the write up. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, if it's something that you've done and it's not in your eval, um, and hey, Chief Team, Chief Messi, I'm going up for Chief. I was the LCPO. I was the acting LCPO for this period of time. I would like that captured in my eval. Mm-hmm. Oh, most most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Okay. And then uh, Seller 360, is that being taken seriously now at the, at the selection board? M- most definitely. And the, the world that we... The Navy that we're in right now, right? It's about building the sailor. You know, um, you at, at this stage in the game, you already supposed to be a resident expert. You know, uh, you already supposed to be a, a rating expert. You know, technical expert is the word I'm looking for. Technical expert. Okay, as a chief, no one is walking around calling you ETC, ABHC. They calling you chief. Yeah. Right. And end day, that's what they call it. Chief. It ain't no rank. Ain't no rate. Ain't no rate attached to that. It's just chief. Senior chief. Master chief. Right. So we need to know that you're starting out now trying to be a better well-rounded sailor. And that's what people have a hard time understanding when it comes to the selection process. Hey, I got more calls than this person. I wasn't selected. Okay. Are you the better sailor? Right. Okay, so you may have had more quals than this person, but as for the ECP, this person meets the minimum amount of qualifications. Oh, by the way, he had better eval than you. You know, he was a, a breakout seller. You wasn't. You know, you, you was full of peas, you know, but you got your qualifications, though. Good on you. You know, I'm looking for the best well-rounded seller, you know. I'm looking for everything as per the ECP. I'm looking for everything as per the convening order. Okay, hey, um, you pretty much answered a lot of my questions when you were talking about um, the board and the process. So my plan is this year also is to put in, a, you know, for to go um, either be a recorder or a board member. Um, do you know any of the things they look for when you when you the process of them selecting you to go up there? Um, what do they look for? I don't know, but I know on the application and ask uh, certain questions. You know, on the application and ask them. You get asked specifically, you know, what is it you would like to do? Would you like to be a recorder? Would you like to actually sit the board? Um, which pay grade would you like to sit? Um, they ask, um, have you had um, experience, um, instructor experience, and things like that. Um, the, um, like I said, the application can be found uh, at, on the um, NPC website. If you go to um, general board um, and list the active duty general board section of the um, NPC, um, it, it gives you all the um, the information that you need to um, submit your application to sit the board. It has to go up to your fleet, Fourth Master Chief, and they um, send that application off. Hey, sounds good. Hey, thanks, man. Um, one of my uh, the last questions I got for you is um, the percentages, right? So I know it has probably to do with a lot about the manning, um, but when they come up with those numbers, like we're going we're gonna to do five out of freaking 500 or something. Those numbers pretty much come from the Manning? Okay, so um, when, it, when it comes to the quotas, right, um, the quotas are driven from 
you know, Navy Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when we're going and we're looking at records, we have absolutely no clue what the quota is, period. So um, I, I didn't even really get to explain that portion of it. Um, again, um, back to the example I gave, the 400 AOs, right? Again, those records are evenly distributed. Um, the recorder will let us know, hey, um, every 30 60, 50 records, we're going to tank those records, right? And if you go to the uh, NPC website, again, at the general board page, mm-hmm. it's a very, very informative PowerPoint that's right there. Once you click on that link, um, that PowerPoint is going to ask for a password. No password is needed. Um, everything that I'm stating is inside of that PowerPoint. Everything is discussed in that PowerPoint. Uh, all the questions you ask is kind of answered in that PowerPoint, right? Okay. But um, again, um, those 400 records is broken down by, you know, sets of 30 to 60. And um, we're taken into a room, and which is known as a tank, and each record is briefed to everyone. And everyone meaning the panel, you know, my panel. And each one of us um, gets to score that record, and that record is um, given a, a a a average score based off of all individual scores. Um, and at that time, um, that sailor name is, is is no longer identified, and he just becomes a score. He or she just becomes a score. Period. And uh, once all 400 records is scored. It is put in a scattergram. Um, that scattergram is set up chronologically um, off of the scores of every record. So out of 400 records, if there, you know, um, 500s, okay, five. If, it, if it's, you know, 398s, three. And, you know, it, it's just all the way down from record number one to record number 400. And then at that time, that's when the board is informed of the quota. And again, the quota is driven off of Navy Manning, you know, um, period. Okay, yeah. so so basically what I think I'm hearing is that when after you look at a package, after y'all finish, y'all don't necessarily know who going to lead that board or whatever as a chief. It go to the next the scattergram and then that's where the quotas come in and that's when we know y'all pretty much say hey this amount of people should be chiefs and then the rest of the magic happens with the scattergram and stuff am i hearing that right or am i off um you kind of off a little bit right okay. so again we grade all 400 records mm-hmm. all 400 records is put in chronological order based off of the score the record yeah the names is removed right and we're sitting there and they let us know hey the quota is 63 that's the quota yeah okay yeah. Um, once we find that out then as you can look on the the powerpoint um emotion is put on the floor that says hey um everyone with a confidence score of say 75 you know Everyone with a confidence score of 75, um, we want to select them as chiefs. You know, um, the exact verbiage is actually in the PowerPoint. And um, then we go with a low, and that's the first half. Those sailors is whoever they are, so we don't know the names, mm-hmm. whoever those 
whatever amount of sellers is from scored 100 to 75, they're going to be chief petty officers, right? And then it's, we find the lower half of that, the lower half of that number. Let's just say, okay, I put a motion to no longer to take from consideration um, everyone with a confidence score of, let's just say, 60 and below from further consideration. So of those 400, whoever scored a 60 and below is no longer considered for chief petty officer. And now everyone in the area of 75 to 60, based off of how many more quotas is left from 75 to 100 to get me to 60, we have a discussion about those records and they go through the process over and over again. Okay. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. So I got more questions from listeners. A couple more, um, um, a couple more like lightweight kind of just informative questions. Then I, uh, you already know we got some heavy, heavier stuff to kind of get into. So uh, the first one, a, a lightweight uh, joint is, uh, what were a few things? I don't even know how I would answer this. So um, <laughs> I feel free. <laughs> what were a few things okay. that you saw in sellers' packages that impressed you? Um, again, I mean, obviously, um, you know, the seller of the years, you know, um, departmental seller of the years, you know, things like that, you know, sellers just pretty much meeting, you know, all records of the ECP. You can, you can just tell from going through that seller's record, like, hey, this seller is, is taking, taking the opportunities afforded to him very seriously. You know, the, the, the seller is taking his career very seriously and hey um those are the things that kind of impress me the most okay and then the next question that this listener asked is if you could if you could have created the official guidance for the entire board what are some things you would have done different in regards to the challenges that covid put on fy 21 selections um me myself personally i i think that the um People down in Millington in charge of the selection process did, did a very, very good job of uh, mitigating things um, during this time frame. Like I said, um, some of the things that they did was broke the panels down to much smaller groups, um, you know, so that everyone is not crowded. Um, they, they, they kept it, you know, um, they, they're, they're very, very aware of the fact that, hey, no more than 25 people, you know, at one time in one particular place, things like that or whatever. So, um, again, Looking at the the um, the rules and regulations as far as COVID goes, that that's in place as far as Big Navy, um, the deselection process. They did an outstanding job of making sure we stayed in the confines of the rules and regulations that's that's put out there. So, frankly, I, I wouldn't have changed anything. Um, we were still able to um, select and select sellers this year. It wasn't a year where it's like, hey, we're not advancing nobody. Um, they did a great job with what they had to to make sure that you know the advancement process didn't stop didn't miss a beat okay and then this um this some of the more heavy just we probably gonna talk about it more stuff the last couple questions but might take us a longer time to get through because we're gonna kind of talk through it but um i know how i felt (laughs) when i took the test made board (laughs) and didn't get selected and had to take that damn test again so i know how i felt and this would this is so this is the question i got from 
a listener. Uh, it's a longer question. So it's uh, if we are to believe the Navy treats it, and I'm quoting them. If we are to believe the Navy treats advancement exams as a barometer for rate LOK as a determination of competency of, of competency for those who hit their final multiples in advance, then why do we continue to test chief eligible who consistently pass the exam and are able to hit the multiple to make board but do not get selected for chief? It seems counterintuitive and redundant to test 17-year E6s whom would have made chief four or five times over had the standard of testing been truly based on competency for advancement similar to the way E4 through E6 is. And he says, uh, my suggestion is E6, who consecutively and consistently made board, should be grandfathered in a board eligibility without the requirement of testing for board eligibility due to consistently demonstrating competent understanding of the rating community, particularly information that a chief petty officer is required to know prior to even being considered for board eligibility. Final multiples are sliding scales based on rate manning quotas. What happens when a fully competent seller who continuously passes the exam in a 75 percentile or higher and had made board three consecutive times previously, but due to high multiple changes, misses out of board eligibility? I feel as though the Navy does a disservice to the organization by potentially losing great SMEs and technicians this way. I'm going to be honest. I see where you're coming from in that question. And and I, I me, I agree with him. Like I, like, I do think at some point, like, damn, why I got to take this test? <laughs> why I got to take this test again? But what's your take on that? Okay. Uh, that particular person said, said a lot of that. Said a, said a great deal. Okay. So, for one, uh, ironically, I was an instructor as well. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I was an instructor in um, NASA and Pensacola um, 2010-2013. Okay. So, what you got to understand when you're reading and looking at your profile sheet, what is what, right? So at the end of the day, um, you have a percentile based strictly off of the test, and then you have a final multiple to determine if you made board or not, right? And when it comes to the first class um, going up for chief, that January exam, only two things is taken into consideration. One being your eval, and two, what you made on the test. Period. Your test score. Period. And we all know what the highest you can make on that exam is like a 90, I mean, excuse me, like an 80, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, or whatever. And in the center of that profile sheet, it says, okay, you scored in the 90 percentile, 80 percentile, whatever percentile. But that was, that's just what you did on that test. Right. And to say that, hey, you know what, you're grandfathered in to um, selection board eligibility. Um, that's not completely fair because, again, um, your rate changes. You know, some rates have, have come a long way. Um, some things are obsolete. Um, granted, these tests isn't necessarily updated with new information every year, but again, um, the Navy holds a, um, not necessarily a board, but they convene to go over rating exams about every year or so, right? Um, those things come out, I think, around the February timeframe, and, you know, um, those test questions is vetted, right? You know, do they, do they still exist in the rate? You know, are they obsolete? Um, is that method still being used? And with that being said, 
those exams, what it does is put everybody on the same playing field as far as level of knowledge because you and I both know that one command may do something completely different from USS next command. Or this short duty is doing things completely different from this short duty. So when you sit down and you take that exam, it's about what, how the Navy says certain jobs should be done, period, across the board, regardless. So with that being said, that's going to give me a fair assumption of where everyone is. It's going to put everyone on, on the same playing field of, uh, in regards to level of knowledge. So, so now, basically, the, which, um, to interject, so basically what you're saying is, in that year, if everybody took the same test, that that's the metric of 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 their level of knowledge because you took the same test as the next man. Like for instance, the next man that is his first time up, you took that same test, and that's how we are assessing your, your level of knowledge. That's that's what you're saying right there, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. That, that's that's my takeaway from it. That, that that's 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 how I see it. The same thing if you're trying to go up a third class, if you're going up a second class, if you're going up a first class. It, it's just a basic okay level of knowledge. Everyone who advanced on this cycle, you know what I'm saying, they're somewhere in the same category should be in regards to level of knowledge. You know, those tests, uh, for the most part, um, to my understanding of those tests, um, you're going to have pretty much the same questions, you know, arranged in different places, you know, not necessarily in the same chronological order, but um, those the questions is the questions, you know, and Again, if I'm on the Stennis, we may do business this way. If I'm on the Lincoln, we may do business that way. But when I sit down and I, you know, answer all those questions, I'm faced with the same questions. If I'm on the Stennis, that guy on the Lincoln, he's going to be answering the same questions that I'm answering and vice versa. And those results, based off of the percentile, we're going to see what each other's saying at. And that's a good point. I think about that. What, what you got on? Yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, my whole take was the the grandfathered in thing. Like, I feel like if you a grandfather, <laughs> you if you grandfathered in, the the most the the people who's going to be taking this test is going to be the newbies, right? You yeah. gonna have the so the, test, who, the people who are actually going to be taking this test. If you grandfather all these other sailors in, it's probably going to be most of the time be the the new sailors, the new um first classes. Yeah, and then you are gonna have so many. People that's eligible for chief is gonna be crazy on the numbers. You're gonna be looking at a thousand, two thousand freaking uh sailors that's 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 eligible out of what a five percent. So when when we when we look at it that way, then okay, now you're talking now you're speaking on everyone is grandfathered in, everyone is grandfathered in. So so now what happens to the percentages? For that rate, how encouraging is the percentages? Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 what, yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm trying saying. to say. That's yeah, yeah that's what I'm trying to say. The number is going to be crazy then. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. y'all on the same page with that. I mean, me personally, like I said, I still disagree a little bit. Like I feel like, all right, just two years. Like maybe let me take the test again the year after this. You know what I'm saying? Just because <laughs> <laughs> you know, just because you know, on a personal level, you we don't want. I don't want to take that damn testing you know what i'm saying like damn i gotta take this test again i just made bored man because you know when you're taking a test for when you're going up for chief or whatever you got two tenths you got two like really tense on edge uh times 
the first time is if you made board or whatever you going through damn did i make board and then you made board so the second time is like damn did i make chief so i know it's a lot of first classes out here that like <laughs> they would only want to have to deal with just one of those uh phases but i'm gonna get into his next point which another is another point that i i agree with or whatever like that so i'm, I'm interested to hear i'm gonna sum it up first but then i'm gonna read it and respect you know in respect to the seller but to sum up his point he was asking about uh feedback from the board right and again all i all i could ever pull from is my experience you know and my experience is like i took the test uh i made board and i didn't get selected and i wanted to know why like i why didn't i get selected what do i need to do uh to be selected what did this person some of these people i knew you know what i'm saying this again i'm talking from personal experience some of these people i knew and i knew what they were doing and i'm like how the fuck you know i i, I got uh, one year that i didn't uh now this is completely selfish but one year that i didn't get selected the the first class in my rate that did get selected i was his lpo you know but you know i'm not now what i say is selfish at because when i was thinking this as a young e6 up for chief i'm like man like the dude i was his lpo but he got selected you know but this motherfucker he had a history before he came to my command like you know what i'm saying like he was new to the new to my command that was the, probably the only reason i was his you know his lpo you know what i'm saying so but i'm gonna read his question and then we'll, we'll get into it it's it's interesting to me i always wondered that myself so it's his question is this has been it has been said by many chiefs and passport panelists through CDBs and general conversation that if an E6 follows the precepts and writes his or her eval to the precept standard, as well as follow all benchmark wickets of the prescribed rating ladder, then they put themselves in the best position to make chief. However, what consistently comes back each year after selection is a guy who has met all of those standards, yet they do not get selected, while others are the same rating eligible during the same cycle, either barely meets those standards, yet they still get selected. Then he gave us an example, right? His example. EN has EL, EDO, LPO at sea and shore, served both, served both East and West Coast, and an OCONUS forward deployed tour overseas. IA tour served on pre-com, served on 75% of the diesel platforms in the Navy, served outside of rate billet tours, multiple EPs, excellent write-ups, SOQ nominations, and selections, as well as sell of the year nominations showing sustained superior performance. Each year consistently gets overlooked. Each year, meanwhile, an E6 whose career barely even covers a quarter of these things gets selected in three cycle trials or less without an ESWAS pen. My question is, how can the ladder and precepts, he said a word that I don't understand. Oh, maybe it's supposed to be continuously. How can the ladder and precepts continuously be brought up as a guiding standard when the board is constantly selecting sellers who obviously don't even follow these standards and don't provide any feedback to those whom are declined as to why or what it was about that package that was looked at unfavorably? When the question or feedback comes up, sellers are constantly told that it would take too long to comb through each seller's record and leave detailed commentary on why they didn't get selected, considering the volume of packages being reviewed. Understandably, volume is a significant consideration, but E6 is, has the longest preparation for advancement that any, than any other pay grade. E4 to E6 are tested twice a year, E7 is a once a year deal evals are usually signed before the january exam 
Eligibility results are usually out by March. The board usually don't uh packages usually do by May 30th. The board usually convenes by mid-July. Quotas are out by August. If the process is given a full year, then why is there no time in between at least May and July to convene? Okay. That that was a, a whole whole lot, lot in there, right? Yeah. A whole lot. Okay. So ho- hopefully I I kind of tackle all that and some of those it's not necessarily a question uh, for me um, to answer um, because, again, I'm just one person. But uh, when it comes to feedback, okay, um, that membership list is published every year after every board, right? That membership is published. You can go and ask that, that Master Chief, you know, um, as, as it states in the actual PowerPoint, um, we're not able to discuss um, with that seller um, what was discussed in the tank. That's in the PowerPoint. But, you know, again, um, with anything, CDB and anything, it's just like, hey, um, hey, this is what I think you need to be working on. This is what I think that you're missing that you need to do. Uh, for me, myself, personally, um, even prior to me, going to a board, even as a chief or a senior chief, you know, I always sought out, you know, information from those who set the board. Like I said, a lot of my mentors uh, were board members, you know, previous board members. And um, I've sat through many board briefings. I've seen many of the different um, PowerPoints, you know, on the board makeup. Um, even on the BOL back in the day, it used to be a um, training that um, board members had to do before they went to the board that I've done that, you know, almost every year. So, again, information is out there in regards to, you know, um, how it's done. And as a first-class threat officer growing up for, you know, chief, um, part of your due diligence, it, it should be um, to ensure that you, following in line with that, you know, to the point where um, you should know move going in to the process, you know, what your probability should be, you know, um, because anyone who asks me to look at their package, one of the first kind of questions I ask them is, what do you think your package look like? Because for me, that's going to let me know how much they know about the process, period. You know, and um, what I don't like when I get us, I don't know. And it's just like, okay, so you're just working to be working at the end of the day. Um, and, and who does that? At, at some point, you're either working to get paid or you're working to move up. But I don't care if it's a civilian job or not. No one just working just to be working because I like just working. Okay. Now, um, as far as feedback, um, all the time that that's put into um, the selection process for E7, um, it's a lot of background work that goes into that. You know, you said earlier that you wanted to be a recorder. Um, you speak to those recorders. Those recorders, they list it too, right? So at the end of the day, you, you sit down, you ask a previous recorder uh, what is done prior to board members getting there, you know. Um, like you said before, it's just a lot of candidates. Um, and just one rate alone, we have 400 candidates. Okay, when, 
somebody got to put all four. Imagine all four hundred sent in, you know, letters to the board. Right? Yeah. You think that just magically gets put in a record? You know, paired up with each person's record? Like, no. Um, it's, it's a vetting process, you know, that has to happen. You know, even when you take the exam, okay. Um, again. Every exam got to be graded, you know. That don't necessarily happen overnight. Uh, like I said, um, each package got to be submitted um, and, and attached to that particular record, you know. Um, it's, it's a lot of work that goes on um, behind the scenes. No one is just sitting around twiddling their thumbs, you know, waiting for the next due date, so to speak. You know, that's just like, you know, our real jobs every day, you know. Um, when, it, when we sign evals, you know, in like March, uh, September, November, um, when do they ask for? How, how much goes into chopping and things of that nature, you know? Um, it, it takes a lot of work to, to get involved in that. Um, and when it comes to feedback in particular, um, where is that feedback supposed to go, you know, per se? Um, during the board process, um, during the discussion process, um, what do they want? Somebody to sit there and, you know, scribe and take notes and then what? Um, upload it on their record so they can log in and, and look and see like how much time that's gonna take. I mean now so that's so that's what I, I think that that me me again that's me. I think something like that is sophisticated. It's gonna take more time. But I think like you you like NYP, <laughs> you kinda answering it. Like you kinda coming up with for for me, I think the feedback something like that would would work it's going to take a lot more time you know what i'm saying a whole lot more time um somehow you know it, it'll show up to them like hey this you know this what was missing this what didn't you know get you where you needed to be but i could see it on both sides too what, what, what about you damon what you think well i i think the feedback is in uh, what, what you were saying earlier though that's in the convenient orders it's in the precepts it's in the ladder that's kind of like to me i, I take that as feedback because now i kind of know what i need to do to be successful and like you said i won't be working for nothing i kind of yeah. know what i'm working i think that's feedback to me but we talking about guys who said they looked at they said they hit an area mark on. but see and, and that's where i'm a little bit like confused a little bit you can't tell me you did all this stuff and i don't see your record though i mean yeah anybody can go out there and say they did all this stuff mm -hmm. you know what i mean but that don't mean you know you don't know what the other sailors did either it's a percentage on how many people that's going to make it but you don't know what those other sailors did you assuming what they doing because you was with them for two years what they did prior to that you don't know all that stuff you just assuming you was a better sailor when you know you don't really know that mm -hmm. so I, th I don't know i have to look at each record to say this sailor is better than that sailor. So you don't think feedback should be given either? No. Okay. It's too much, man. I I, I think it's too much. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just crack it up, man. It's too much, man. Too much. Yeah. I don't. I mean, and, and you know, from for me in particular, my you know, I gave you an answer, but um, you know, my take on feedback is the ones who really want feedback. They're going to find them. They're going to go get it on their own. Right. Uh -huh. They're they going to get it, you know, yeah. and, and those are the ones that, that, I, that I love, right? And, hey, I'm going to just be honest. It, it's some cats that ask for feedback, and I'm just like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, like you really think you need feedback? Like, wow, yeah. okay, well, let, let me give it to you. You know, and those are the ones that just like, 
you know, and I'm the same ones that say, man, I'm hitting all the wickets. And I'm just like, how could he possibly, he or she possibly think they're hitting all the wickets? Like, yeah. okay, I don't see this. I don't see that. I don't see this. Your eval is, you know, for lack of a better word, is not written properly, is not written toward the convening order. But I did, but I don't see it. How do I supposed to know you did that? Yeah. Right? And it, it goes both ways. You know, like at the end of the day, you're inspiring to be a chief. And, you know, Anyone who ever worked for me, like I said at the beginning of this, I take this very, very, very seriously. And, you know, you're the new guy on the block. You're the one all the first classes going to be running to saying, hey, hey, help me get my record. What did you submit? What did you do? And I don't want you seeing them making the chief mess look stupid like you don't yeah. have no clue. So I'm not going to prep you and I'm not going to – This, this is – process this is years in the works of me you know taking you on board me showing you me helping you put you in a position to be selected for chief so when it happens you know you know hey yeah. I, I had to do this and every record ain't the same every person's you know journey to selection isn't the same you know what i'm saying so again even when it comes to feedback it can't be general it has to be specific yeah. you know and with that said it's just like that person, if they want it, trust me, they're gonna go get it. Mm -hmm. And 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 I want to charge uh, us. Um, we about to we about to get off the phone, but I, I just want to charge us as chiefs, um, at all chiefs. Like we can't bullshit these sellers in any of these processes. So before they submit packages, when we looking through those packages, let's make sure we doing it with time on our hands and able to uh, go through and actually be honest with these sellers. And then when they come back and get feedback. <laughs> Let's be honest with these sellers, too, about the feedback that we giving them, too, because I think some people be bullshitting a uh, lightweight with the feedback. Like, yo, be honest with the seller. Let them know. Like, no, oh, no, you had it. You know, it was this. It was that. Because some of that then gives these sellers like more in the arsenal to raise some of these questions that if you would have chopped that down and answered it when they asked you or whatever like that, then they wouldn't have to be trying to figure out all these answers from everybody else so that i mean that's my take on it and somewhere that i think you know we could do better at too as a mess right and, and see and not to extend this out but this is my thing right and, and i had a friend of mine tell me you know like hey p man you're taking this shit a little bit too too hard because you're taking it personal and i'm like motherfucker i'm taking it personal because i i selected this this group right here you know like yeah. Like I selected this group, you know, I know that, you know, when it comes to ADEs, ABFs, ABHs, AOs, this shit was fair, yeah. you know, this shit was fair as hell, right? So with that being said, you know, when, when I am on Facebook or anything like that and, and I'm seeing the comments from the person who didn't get selected, you know, and, and I hear the chief say, oh man, I don't know what happened, bro. Like you got everything. Yeah. I'm in that chief, you know, inbox, like, hey, bro, like, did you look at this record? Yeah. Did you look at this record? Mm -hmm. Do you know what this cell is missing? And nine's not a ten. The answer is like, well, nah, I ain't look at their record. And I'm like, bro, don't fucking tell this seller that you don't understand because you ain't took the time there. Like, that's unfair. Yeah. You to even, and, and because you got khakis on, your word is bond. When you say, I don't know what else you need to do, they won't believe you. Yeah. You know? Hey, so if I'm one of them sellers, um, 17 year, you know, been up and up and up and I'm listening to this right now and I'm like, oh man, so Master Chief, you know, he, he kind of told me that, you know, these people are able to reach out 
hey, I want Master Chief to check my um, you know, my record out. Are you available for that? If I'm listening, I'm like, man, I want to, I want to, you know, give Master Chief a look at my record. Are you available for that? Man, my my inbox has been, you know, crazy, and, and that's just not people <laughs> from the group, but you know, people that's that that's in my commands, or you know, fellas mm-hmm. who's previously served with me. And like I said, I, I don't turn nobody away. You know, that's I just nice. ask that you give me a little time. But at the same time, it's just like you know, some of these rates is only so much I can tell you because I'm not the me. You know, I'm I'm not. So you know, from it's certain things that I can say you hit the mark on, but some of these rates, again, it, it's cert heavy. You know, I'm not an IT. I can't, I can't say, you know, hey, you know, my rate, we big numbers, big numbers. You know, you, you're talking about number one out of, you know, 130, you know, and, and that's command-wide. And then you got departmental, you know, it's number one out of 30-something first classes. And then I'm looking at a record where this guy's like, you know, hey, one out of, you know, four or five, you know, my feedback on being, wow, you know, that's, that's not a real large summary group, you know what I'm saying, yeah. or whatever. So at the end of the day, you have to seek out, you know, people or rates that that fits your selection board. You know, that, that's when, again, like, do you really understand what you're asking for? Do you really understand what you need to get to the next level? Basically, do you even know what you're doing? Yeah. You know? And that in itself will answer a lot of questions that, you know, I get asked, period. And whenever someone, you know, shoots me a record, nine out of ten is going to end with a phone call. Like, hey, this is because it's, it's, it's too much, you know. Like, like I said before, I can get as brief as you want it or I can extend it to the point where I know when you walk away from me, you, you armed with everything you need to, to have a nice-ass record. Like, okay, boom, like, like. If I hit all this, yeah, and and, and for me, it's just like, I'm, I'm going to give you that timeline. Like, you know what? Because I know <laughs> evals only come out once a year. Hey, this for everything that I'm going to need to see, it's going to take two, three years, you know? Right now, you're sitting at X amount of years. You're going to be looking and putting it on maybe year 17 or year 15, you know, or whatnot. My, my feedback is that in depth, you know what I'm saying? Because, again... I want you to walk away from me knowing what the fuck is going on. Right. Hey, uh, bro, before we let you go, is there anything else, you know, you wanted to say to leave us with? Um, uh, again, um, understand the process, learn the process, hit up NPC website, general board information, um, look at the PowerPoint, go through that PowerPoint. It's like 40-something slides. It's notes attached to the bottom on some of those slides, read the notes. Um, if a person that you're seeking advice from, if they haven't set a board, again, since FY17 selection board, they might be a little old school with some of the information. <laughs> Things has, has changed a little bit. Uh, keep that in mind. Um, and again, man, I, I want everybody to be great. It's enough of this Navy pie for everybody. You know, um, it definitely is. Uh, Thank you guys for what you guys is doing, you know, making, uh, spreading the word. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Um, never did nothing like this before. Uh, but, hey, man, let's get out there and be great, man. Be great. One, one, one person at a time. Hey, man, thanks for letting us interrupt your holiday or whatever to talk. So I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. Hey, thank yeah, you. No. Thank you very much, man, for for, for um, tuning in, man, and, and giving us your insights. Um, and also let you know you are the first phone interview. 
Um, I'm yeah, sure a lot of yeah, yeah. first phone interview. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna wear that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, most stuff. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, appreciate you, man. All right, man. Enjoy your day, bro. Love. All right, you too. Much love. Thanks, fellas. All right. Man. Yeah, that was a lot, man. Yeah. But you know what? I want to clarify something in there, man. What's up? Something I said earlier. Um, I said about feedbacks. Yeah. Right? And and you asked me the question about do I think that she has feedback? Uh-huh. When I said no to that, I actually mean no to the feedback on every member from that board. Like you, uh, E6 and you don't make it, you th- you're going to get a feedback. That's what I mean by no. I think every sailor should, you know, within the, within the grounds and with the stuff they can do, mm-hmm. should get some kind of feedback. But I I'd also, with my opinion is, ain't no way they can give every first class feedback that does not make it one, one uh, individually. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by no, like that. Not the fact that you shouldn't get try to get any feedback or you shouldn't seek feedback or anything like well, that. Why not, though? Why you don't think? Because I, I think it's too much for those members. I don't think when you see that panel. Right. When you see that panel, some of those I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking at the panel. And I'm thinking like, say, for a rate like um, ATM. Uh-huh. Right. You maybe have a thousand, fifteen hundred um, people and then you may have a hundred and some. Uh, people of one Master Chief HM maybe doing a hundred and some people or more, uh-huh. who knows? And they gonna strive and write stuff notes down to send back to every individual. I just think that process is too much. I think your feedback should come from uh it should be more broad. Like if you're gonna get feedback now, this is what I do think. I think um when that HMCM get done with everybody's he can go back and write some notes down out of everybody and say, okay, this is stuff I seen maybe, you know, uh, this year, something like that. So then you, you can let everyone see that. But individually, I, I just think that may be too much individually. I mean, my take is like, it's some stuff that's just unseen. So the eval write-up is unseen. So yeah. when I'm getting feedback, I'm not going to know what was on an eval write-up. But I mean, yeah. the way technology advanced and stuff, I feel like it's a way that outside of knowing what's on the eval write-up however i could know like hey i could look at the group of 12 people or whatever and know like out of this whole group these people did ppme jpme they movsm i had this amount of nams this amount of um whatever's this amount of people had disqual this amount of people uh had mts uh master training specialist uh these amount of people had an eL letter these amount of people were ranked number one this amount of people was lposc I feel like at this point now, it should be a way to at least be able to see that. But that's what I'm saying, though. That's broad, right? This many people got this. This many people got no, that. No, 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 no. I mean, out of the list. So out of the 13 on the list, right by nameless list, right? Nameless yeah. list. But right by their name, I mean, right by their number, for instance, like the number one person that got selected, EL, MTS, uh, six NAMs, this, this, this. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the second person, EL. MTA, boom, boom. And then I could look at, you know, the number 13 person and then look at myself like, oh, I don't have the MOVSM like the rest of these 13 have or something vice. Because, I mean, when you go in a tank or, you know, whatever, he just explained that whole process to us. Yeah. When they looking at the seller, they're seeing what these sellers have. And that's the reason why they getting picked. Yeah. Again, though, I think our technology is so our technology is so out of date that we are under the impression like we got to scribe that shit. You know, yeah. like personally, I think we should be further along that we don't have to write it down. Our EL check, uh, MOVSM check, this, 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 and then all right, I'm part of this group that don't have it. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah. And then um, I learned a couple of things there, though, um, out of listening. Uh, one thing I learned is that we as a chief message should do a whole lot more training on this because uh, sailors do bring their records to us a whole lot. Yeah. Right. To look at. And um, I think we should be more educated in this process ourselves. Yeah, um, and, and, I, and I know it's for. and I know it's training out there, right? But it's it's nothing better than getting trained from somebody who set the board, you yeah. know, and, and know what's going on and know how it works. Uh, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I want to go, mm-hmm. because so I can be more proficient in, in training sailors, you know, on now the he process. Said, he said, if you look on NPC, you can actually see who. No, set it's a the PowerPoint. Board, right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, the yeah, PowerPoint. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I don't know if it's this if it's a platform for everybody that set the board, like a forum. Yeah. But if it was, I think that'd be beneficial too. like a forum where the people that set the board um, could just get questions. I mean, I know they have a job or whatever, but just a forum where I could just ask people that set the board like different questions and stuff like that. Even yeah. if it's not enough time for even if, like we said, with feedback. Right. So let, let's say it's not enough time to provide feedback. But if we establish this forum and I'm like a seller and I want to know why I didn't get selected, if I could like key into this forum, like, hey, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm such and such. I'm EM1 McCullough. Uh, I know you guys are the ones who set the board for me. I was I was one of the ones that didn't get selected. Um, can you know? Can you tell me now? now I'm sure everybody that didn't get selected will probably tap into yeah. the forum. But I but mean, that's great, right? Wouldn't yeah. that be a good thing? Yeah. Like like, I'm kind of down with that too, man. Like you you did that board, you stood it on one day right after the board. We'll say we'll give it a month. Yeah. The board's over with within a month at fifteen hundred during this time. All those master chiefs gonna be sitting in this one spot, listening to phone calls. Yeah, dial or, in, or, or just like a Facebook group or yeah, something yeah, like that, where yeah. some type of group where yeah, some kind of whatever kind of form it is. Yeah, like where that, it yeah. ain't even a time constraint. It's just yeah, at it's, any time I can open up my email or, you know, like some group message, and I could see this seller asking this question, or you know, or I'm able to ask this question. Yeah, I think I think that should have worked, man. Yeah, I do too, actually. Um, so. Before we get off this topic a little bit, I just want to also express that, hey, um, if we didn't hit um, the question or uh, hit the answer that you guys was looking for, um, you guys can hit us up, um, you know, and uh, let us know, man. And we can either we either we'll know the answer, we can find the answer or we'll show you the master chief um, and see that he know the answer. So what kind of which, whichever way we'll try to get that answer for you. And I want to give a special shout out to the first class. I'm not going to say his name. Uh, much respect, though, to the first class that gave me some of the information. Uh, I got some information from different people, but one first class in particular, I had a really good conversation with him. He gave me a lot of that information, man. And I, man, it, that stuff does not fall on like lost ears at all. Like, I get it, man. I understand the, the grind when you've been pushing and pushing and pushing for years and don't feel like the door is opening the way you want it and you seeing people visually you know based off your visibility that it look like you're doing more than you know and in some cases i mean i I, i'm still with him in some cases some people are doing more than other people but that's i mean it's a lot in that process that i don't think we all understand yes but i think what i took from master chief the most is to be proactive and reaching out to actual people that's a part of the process so that's what i, I still got my disagreements and I, I i mean i hope i said them when, when i was talking to the mass chief um but um i do think that we just need to make sure we're proactive in that process and know what we are up against yeah and then again this is this is why we do this man we trying to bring people 
you know, on the podcast, you know, that, you know, that can help, yeah. you know, um, and he won't be the last man, but I love those type of conversations, man, because I think conversations like that make people better. Not only you guys out there that's listening, but me also. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that cleared up some stuff and provided some input on some stuff. Um, so let's get into this, the, uh, you know, our, our normal stuff, man, a book of the week. Yeah. So you guys heard me last week, man. I was still on, um, you know, the 48 laws of power, man. And, and, and now I'm in like the middle of the book. I'm like in, in law, I think 24. No, no, <laughs> I mean, not that law. No, <laughs> like the, that's like uh, the middle. man. Yeah, that is the middle, but I'm not quite there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like at maybe law 17 or something. Okay. Um, but I just want to, the, the only thing I really want to say, um, about this book is man, is that it's some, it's some crazy stuff goes on especially what's going on in some of these stories on how people got to the top man yeah like people was actually like being like going in on people yeah. just to just to make it man and um i'm talking about like it could be your brother yeah it could be whatever family member it doesn't doesn't matter it's all about power right you know and the greed of power and 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 how you looked if you you look good and, and a lot of ladies like you, yeah, you going down. And, and, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's like it's just like crazy on how that how how that book is put together. But and then when I think back, man, I was like, man, a lot of those stories I didn't hear so far, I didn't like either seen it or heard it or something. It's like this stuff actually happens, man. Yeah, and what I liked about how Robert Greene put it together was he never connected like himself to it or never made it like a rule like for you to follow some of that shit is dark you yeah know, some man of that, yeah. some of that like you take which ones you you know you want you're not gonna adapt all, i mean i, I won't no. ever adapt all 48 no. laws no most definitely some man. of that's just way too you know way too, too dark and yeah you know you biting people back out and all that yeah man it's crazy man but um i'm intrigued though yeah, yeah. I like the book, and I, I book. most definitely anybody you know want a good book to read. Most definitely take a look at that one. Power. Yep. Um, the book that I got this week is I'm, I'm gonna do something a little different. I, I normally do books that I've finished, you know, and I give or take. But this book is so damn long. It's a audio book, <laughs> right? Like 29 hours long. Oof. That's gonna take me a while to finish it, but it's starting out pretty good. It's Barack Obama's A Promise. Promised Land, man, it's good. So, uh, I read Michelle's uh, earlier, well, last year sometime, Becoming, but uh, this year Barack finally, I, and Barack was supposed to finish like shortly after her, but he didn't. He explained it in the book too, like what took him so long. It's a very long-winded book, but he wanted to get information out the way he wanted to get it out. So he's like, yeah, you know, I was thinking that I could just breeze over a chapter, and, like just breeze over a story, but. Every time he had to go in and fully explain how it affected him, what he pulled from when he made certain decisions, stuff like that. So where I'm at in the book, I'm like three hours in, but um, he still ain't been selected as president yet. Is he the narrator? Was he the one doing the talk? Oh, yeah, it's oh, Barack yeah. talking. It's Barack. Where, where is that? Let me, let yeah, me man. I know see. it's good already, yeah, man. Where is that? Because he talking, man. Where is that? I'll play a little bit. There's nothing fancy about Paul Toos. His demeanor could be gruff, and his clothes never seemed to match especially in the winter when, like a true Minnesotan, he'd sport all manner of flannel shirts, down jackets, and ski caps. Yeah, so he, yeah. I'm listening to Barack talking. He's really descriptive in everything that he's talking about. Um, 
but it's really some good information. It's starting out real good. I, I like. I, I I'm a big fan of uh, the Obamas. Yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about the presidency at all. I'm just talking about who they are as people. Yeah. Um, so it's starting out as a good book. I'm sure I'm gonna be entertained. He, you know, he cursing. He speaking regular. Talk about basketball. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. And um, but when it start getting to the insight about his presidency, I'm sure I'm gonna be entertained. And then it's a good companion book to Michelle's. Because it mm. clarifies some of the stuff that she wrote. It gives his like point of view from that. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Yeah. But what about the movie, man? Yeah, man. The movie was um The Outpost, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. You're going to have to speak on that a little bit more than me. Okay. I, I can speak. You, you want to do the little rundown on it? Yeah. On the Outpost? Yeah. Because my confession on The Outpost is I, I saw it, but the time that I saw it, it, it was a while ago, so... Yeah, man. But it's directed by Rod Lurie, right? Yep. Uh, Scott Eastwood, that's Clint's son. Uh-oh. Orlando Bloom. Teller John Smith. And uh, Caleb Landry Jones are are the stars of this movie. So Scott Eastwood is the star, pretty much. Uh, Scott Eastwood and uh, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom got a role in it. And again, like I said, it's directed by Rod Lurie. Yeah, man. So, I, I watched the movie, man. Um, it's it's it kind of falls under what I like in movies, man. Mm-hmm. There's some action in there. Yo, the action sequence, the, the, crazy. The, the action was crazy, man, up in there. So, um, I kind of like that part of it. It was, it was some scenes. So I always like pick certain uh, scenes out of the movie that I like when I'm talking about the movie. So, a couple scenes that I that that um I got out of it was um. Um, hey, but the, before you get into the scenes, though, can you give a general overview of what this movie was about? Because I, from the basic, I give it based off my memory of the movie. Yeah, these these guys were like stationed and to operate in an outpost, but it was like in the like middle of like some mountains where terrorists were, where the enemies were. Anything yeah. more than that, though? Yeah. So it seemed like they was trying to 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 build relationships. Yeah. Um. Uh. With with the, the the people out there, and and all of them wasn't Taliban out there, so they were trying to build these relationships, and, and you can tell these people was doing things out there to try to get money, because that's kind of was trying to do. They was giving yeah. money, trying to build these relationships by giving them stuff and and to helping them and and things like that, building that relationship. But um, the the outpost, the what the position of it is mm-hmm. the worst. I I did. Yeah, that's yeah, one of the the, the things that I saw. It's like. Uh, when anytime you're talking about military, you're talking about strategies, you're talking about all that stuff, this was the worst when it comes to all of that. Yeah. Like, the mountains is all around you. All th- they got the high ground you the whole time. Yeah. It's like the worst area you can have it in. Like, and it was like every other couple days they come around, shoot a little bit. Every day. Yeah. Every day on the movie they were shooting this movie. Like, shooting at them for that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, every day. Um, so, good. One thing I caught out of the movie was some good speeches. Like when they was talking to each other about like motivation oh, yeah. and then like a couple of good good scenes um um that I saw from there and um when when I looked at the movie I found out that the the enemy had no face a lot of the times in the movie when when you seen every day that these people were shooting down at them you didn't know who the hell was shooting down at you yeah right so the enemy a lot in the movie didn't have didn't have no face um but at the same time. Even though you getting shot at every day, you still going out trying to save face type. You still talking to them like, you know, like it wasn't a big deal. I know you guys this and this. And they was it, it was always still good at the end of the day. Like we easily could have 
like say, okay, they come in trying to kill us. We finna go out a mile and, and and destroy some stuff. Yeah. Right. But they never did that. They was getting that shot at every day and it was just a, another day. Right. Um, and then the mission, like, um, um, like with the, the, they had this, this big ass truck there, right. They trying to get this truck out. One of the biggest things I saw in the movie is it's like, you got this CEO, the CEO is with pretty much a captain. I think he's yeah. a lieutenant. Um, and he was the one driving the truck. He said, I'm going to be the one, you know, yeah. to drive that truck. And that was a big, that's, that's something you don't see, especially at a small post like that. Normally the command, the commanding officer probably stay back. You know what I mean with the with the with the troops or whatever to make sure he control things because they get shot at like every day, but no, he didn't want to put a lot of his, he wanted to be there with them because he know he was putting them in harm's way, you know because none of them really want everybody was against it. You know yeah that was a, that was a stand up stand up move yeah. man. So he wanted to do that, um, and uh, a couple of things like 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 in the movie where um, they was getting shot at, you know, and one of the guys was like. About to get in the shower, man. You know what I mean? They was shooting, start shooting at him after they got a new CO came in, and they was and they was shooting at him, and uh, he end up um, with no clothes on, man. Yeah, like firing back, man. You know what I mean? That was a, that was a scene because I could see that happening at that at that um, at that outpost because they was getting shot at every day. You know what I mean? So it was it was like a second thought for him getting out there doing that. Um, and then the the CO. Like you see some of the things he did like he did not want to to leave the post, man. He wanted to be there with those guys. Like even the sergeants, like they didn't want to leave, you know what I mean, those guys behind. So it was some good motivation behind a lot of that stuff in the movie. Um and then the young officers in there, um, when when he was talking to the to the new CO, like they had this thing and these guys like hey, this this officer is he scared, he don't wanna come out, he don't wanna do like they named like three or four things about like how they didn't like this officer, but this new officer, you know, stood up for him. It didn't matter. Yeah, he's a commanding officer. Yeah, you know what I mean. So regardless of what you think about him, he's still the commanding officer, and we still gonna respect him. You know, as he's the commanding officer. That was a good scene. Um, and then the the last thing to to put all these troops, and it was a lot of um a lot of medals and things that that came out of this movie that a lot of people got. Right out of this, like from two Medal of Honors, they got the the um, Silver Stars and things mm-hmm. like that. A lot of people got, but what I took from this whole movie, the whole entire movie, if you're gonna put somebody in a position like that, your air support need to get there a little bit sooner. Yeah, right. And they had over 400, you know, Taliban's came down there on them, coming from all directions, and it seemed like it took. A lot of time for yeah. those guys to get the help they needed from that from that position. Yeah. Um. So yeah, man. But yeah. but um. Before you get started, hey, I gave it an overall, man. Um. Normally, I probably get a. It was taking place all in the pretty much this, the whole movie was in the same spot. Um. You know, and I feel a certain way about that, but I'm not gonna give it a three and a half. I'm gonna give it a four, man, because four? I like I like the the motivation. I like the speeches and and it's it's a pretty good movie, man. Yeah, I liked it too, man. Um, I'll start off with my rating. I'll give it a four too. I feel like the character development was there uh, enough for a war movie that I want to see action in. Yeah, you know, and it's based off a true story. True story, so, yes. Um, definitely rest in peace to the loss and uh, everybody that helped us in those moments. Uh, you know, thank you. But uh, it's a war movie, so I, yeah. I want to see some action. Uh, so it didn't take that long to get into. 
the action. And then when it got into the action, the action sequences to me were really good for a movie that I didn't know about. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't like a big budget thing or nothing like that. It wasn't nothing we were like ready for, uh, like a Pearl Harbor. It was just something that I stumbled across and was like, hey, this a war movie with like randomly with like Orlando Bloom in it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just for that, like simple thing, I got to give it a four. It seemed like it was made with care. It seemed like the director cared about uh, the story he wanted to tell, the setting, uh, letting us know uh, the intricacies of that, the, the outpost that they were working at and the surroundings. Uh, one thing I noticed, and I guess is, you know, just the, the downside of some of these operations in these movies, but like you was talking about with the air support. I mean, it's been a few movies now where it's like, damn, like, where the fuck is the air support at? Like, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I and I think that these always come out in our bad stories. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a bad, it's a bad story. So um, yeah, the air support's the mistakes, like what what we could have done better yeah. or whatever like that. So we, you know, we hot wash it, we close down that outpost and stuff like that. A lot of like I, we don't make many uh well, we don't always see movies recent in recent time about like great victories where we just overcame the enemy really quick. We see yeah. the movies about like we just saw Lone Survivor. We watched the movies about where we, you know, overcame enormous odds and normally yeah. air support take a long normally air support seem to take a long time to come, huh? Yeah. They take about as long as the Air Force Academy takes to get a black woman <laughs> to Ooh, run a show. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> but hey. um, uh, yeah, all in all, so it's a four, man. The movie looked great. Uh, it, I, f- I was motivated watching it as well. There's a couple scenes that was really tense. The truck scene. When the three dudes was in the truck uh, and they were yeah. taking shots, Those these guys were like, like really like over. It's a lot that they had to overcome and they were hit really hard. So uh good movie four man it's a four out of five i recommend everybody to watch it it's free on netflix right now actually man i wish i knew it was free because i so rented it you rented it yeah yeah man i told you it was free man yeah my bad did man. we talk about it I think, yeah yeah i told you i was like hey, yeah outpost is free on netflix too uh, uh, here, here's but, a cool but, story but you, i got a cool story yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah, no, what's up? well i don't want it to get lost um but at the end of the movie they kind of like you can see one of the guys going through PTSD, man. So I don't want that to get lost in the movie too. That was something that's that's they hit on too at the end of it. Yeah, um, yeah. Really, like we 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 talk about that all the time. Vet, vet, veterans with stress, uh, sellers with PTSD, yep, depression, and all that yeah, stuff. So yep. that's, here's a fun fact about outposts, right? So, uh, this might be. Uh, yeah, I can't, I, I'm not gonna say names, but uh, I was talking about outposts. It was me and two other guys talking about out, outposts at my house, and. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the guys downloaded outposts at my house on my Wi-Fi. Oh man! <laughs> and Cox came over. Did you Cox. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, they sent me an email the the next day, like, "Hey, some illegal activity." Oh been, man, going on on your Wi-Fi. I'm like, illegal activity. What? Mm. What happened? Then I then I was like, "All right, let me look into this." And then I saw. It said outpost. I was like, oh, oh man, man, they got me, baby. <laughs> outpost, man, that VPN, huh? Yeah, you can't yeah, hide from that VPN. Cox man. ain't playing. And then they just going to keep sending me an email every day now. Like, I can't, it's, it's nothing I could do about this now. You know yeah, it's saying? over with, man. I thought I was going to do some jail time, huh? <laughs> That's good stuff, man. That's cool stuff. What is this? 
I don't know if you're busy, but we came up with just gluing printed paper. Don't do that. I got a car, man. I'm a car right now. Go ahead, call yeah, me. Yeah, don't do that. I'm gonna make it real quick. This is pretty much the end of the podcast. Hey, what's up? Hey, so you, like, I just want you to know right now you're on my podcast, right? So, because I'm busy, you text me, but I had to tell you, you on permission to speak freely. Don't do that. Don't do what you what you just said you're gonna do. Don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. It's gonna look really tacky. Yeah, I agree. Okay. You're going to have really fat corners at the end. of. I can't say much, but just don't do that. All right. I'll talk to you more about it later. All right. You okay? Okay. Yeah. Hey, so, hey, so what, look, so while we got you on a podcast, hey, this, you know, one of my former sellers, hey, congrats again on, on, on making chief. You're going through the season right now. How is it? How's it go? So you can't give any details. So don't give any specific details, but how the season going for you right now? You having a good time? greatest time of my life but you know it's a learning don't bullshit us (laughs) don't bullshit us (laughs) you enjoying it it's definitely some lessons that's been learned okay you know when you spend too much time being a a first class you now you have to shift that whole mentality Hey, well, just, it's not the same you, you feel like you've been grooming for to be a chief but then it's it's a whole different thing it's a whole new world exactly yeah. exactly hey, just just stay humble keep learning keep asking questions don't ever stop learning and asking questions and just make the most out of your season all right again congrats you got anything to say to him? no no congrats man don't forget to always be you you got you there right, right so be thanks. you yeah thank you for being on our podcast too i appreciate you We'll make sure we'll Thank make sure we delete you, you though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I right, see you. All right. Hey man, that was great, man. Good show, great, man. man. Good man. Hey, again, I'm gonna say it one more time, man. Make sure you guys got any more questions about um, what we talked about today with the interview. You got any more questions? Please let us know. Hit us up. Yeah. Thank you, Master Chief Parker. Thank you, uh, BMC Hernandez. And thank you to Chief Select who just called us. We appreciate all of you guys. Uh, and then thank you to the listeners, the YouTube viewers, and all the supporters, everybody that have been buying merch. Most definitely, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of Permission to Speak Freely. I'm Damo. And I'm Damon.